0: It's Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Top Radio 77 WABC. She wants seaside, sitting just smoking and drinking on the rinkside. Wednesday
1: morning here in New York City, a hump day, day 20-something. I don't know, and I don't care at this point. God, I'm so done with it. I want to wish uh, everybody out there today a very happy Passover, a very, very big day inside the Jewish community. A Zeesan Pesach, as we like to say to my friends Heshi and Josh Organbaum and uh, Dove Heiken, if you're listening, we want you to come on today. A and Pesach to you too. Jill at home, who's like the worst Jew ever, by the way. She makes Ron Kuby look like Menachem Begin. Uh, Happy Passover to you, Jill. And uh, to Izzy and Bernard, too. Happy Passover to both of you guys. Thank you. Why not? And same same from me to my Jewish friends. Yes, thank you. And uh, tomorrow is a big day uh, for you folks tomorrow's um for us people that's right, right you could say it for you people for you people what is th- I, I i know good friday obviously i know easter sunday i knew well, last sunday palm sunday but the thursday holiday i always forget what that is what is that, that no? it's,
2: it's just it's holy thursday holy thursday I just yeah. remember that yes, yes. Oh, that, that was the day I should before you remember that no what's that why should i remember that well, well it's in the bible Come oh okay it's probably in the Torah as well. I don't know. I don't
1: know. I didn't read the Bible. I read Catcher on the Rye instead. It was a summer. Uh, you know, you had a choice over the summer to read the Bible or Catcher on the what, Rye. What
2: was the uh, protagonist? The main protagonist's name in Catcher in the Rye? You better cut that out. You Hol- didn't read Catcher in the
1: Rye. I read it a hundred times. Holden Caulfield, my friend. Very are you good. Kidding me? I, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm not serious. Holden Caulfield. Sometimes I don't know with you. Ah, come on. That's a, one of that's the greatest book of all I mean, time. Holden we, Caulfield, my guy. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Remember that one? I do remember that. That was all FDR. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, now you know. But, uh, and I'm glad you remembered. I do remember everything. Now, Friday, Good Friday is what? What is the, uh, the relevance of that day? Is that is that the day that uh, Jesus was killed? or
2: That's the day he was crucified.
1: Right, that's what I thought. Okay. And then Sunday he resurrects. He comes back. Easter Sunday. Yeah. Which he hasn't done, of course. Yeah, listen, but- just... You have no we'll worry idea. Worry about God, yours. You're, you're yeah, the worst. Of course, I know. Get, let's get Mike Breen on. Um, I don't even talk uh, about I'll, the next. I'm let's talk about re- Easter. I'm
2: not a religious? Of course, that's the day he rose from the dead. Yes. Okay, that's, that's right. the resurrection. So I got it right. Uh, now, what is tomorrow? So the holiest day, by the way, is uh, in, in the Christian, on the Christian calendar, Easter yes. Sunday. More so than Christmas.
1: Yes. Well, that was just that's a birthday party, Christmas, right? Basically, essentially. Yeah. Now, what is a holy Thursday? What happens tomorrow? Uh, don't worry about I'm it. I'm not. Are
2: you going to go to church? It's not a holy day of obligation. It's not open anyway. Friday is. It's not open. Well, there is telechurch. You can go to Jersey. They're y- opening everything have, now. Y- you have to do telechurch. You have <laughs> no,
1: to. I know. I know. And I'm kidding about Jersey. This uh, psycho Phil Murphy <laughs> continues to close uh, beaches and parks. He doesn't know what to do with this son of a gun. Now they're shut down in the state of New Jersey till May the 20th. But here's the good news, and I want to get off of this, seriously, okay. until uh, you come back next segment. But the good news is is that whether it's New York or New Jersey or America, despite brutal numbers yesterday, which President Trump did promise, over 700 dead in the state of New York alone, the worst day we've had so far. Nearly 2,000 dead around the country. As you heard from Cuomo and others here yesterday, despite Phil Murphy going nuts. 12,000 around the country. That's right, 12,000 dead. Uh, no, no, 12,000 overall, 2,000 yesterday. Oh, right. yes, yes, yes. Right, yes. okay. Um, anyway, the good news is is that less people are going to the hospital. That's great news. And um, what's the other number that was uh, good news yesterday that Cuomo delivered? Int-
2: intubations. Yes. And uh, ventilators. Uh, the, the ventilators, uh, essentially, uh, I would say de Blasio focused on those more because he, he had uh, pegged Wednesday right. as hey. the day we were going to run out of ventilators. But Cuomo was... You know, he was screaming about ventilators a week or two ago. March twenty yeah. fourth, I think, is when he threw that fit.
1: Anybody else sick of that word yet? Like I'm sick of the, the whole vernacular. I'm sick of hearing social distance. I'm sick of hearing ventilators. and hydroxychloroquine. Oh, that, that too. Can't Not take, enough. It. God, enough of that. Those three I, things. I
2: think, I think everybody is. Sick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, 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 folks, it's going to continue. Oh, well, I know. Uh, it's, it's 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 a little on the depressing side, but.
1: We can get through it. It doesn't have to be depressing. Again, and I say this working in this job and knowing everything that's going on. Trust me. I don't watch any of that stuff yesterday. I went home and I celebrated my daughter's birthday. By the way, you folks out there, amazing. The amount of tweets, the amount of Instagrams, the amount of Facebooks, personal messages. How Some of you got my phone number. I have no idea. It's kind of scary. But uh, you were wonderful yesterday. Bernie you 2 sent a beautiful message on Facebook. And we had such a nice time last night. We decided to go to the Palm which is one of my favorite restaurants, the location down by Tribeca, by the Freedom Tower. And uh, we, um, we have no money, of course. Danielle was fro load and I'm struggling. But truth of the matter is, we spent about 300 bucks on this. We got steak, we got lobster, we got all kinds of cool stuff. We had a wonderful dinner for the four of us, and we went on Zoom, Ava did, and her friends, and I mean a ton of them, actually had dinner with us. And then after dinner, we had uh, a little toast, apple cider, no liquor, of course. And then we had a beautiful ice cream cake from Emac and Bolio. And throughout this whole dinner and the cake and all the festivities, all of her friends on Zoom actually celebrated with us. So, look, when the thing is over, like Jill's daughter, Olivia, my daughter, Ava, uh, even Chad's daughter, Gabriella, we're going to go out and party. But at least yesterday, all of her friends were right. It was was hot. I'm sitting there eating dinner. And one by one, her friends started popping up on her cell phone. Hi, Sid. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Ava. Hi, Gabe. So it was actually a a very nice day That's and it. a nice birthday considering the conditions. There's nothing you can do, Byrne. Good you for do? her.
2: Good for her. Yeah, I don't mean, you to, can do. She, was, uh, she was looking forward to it. She was great on the air yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. She's a wonderful young lady. And uh, God bless the sweet 16. You know, happy birthday. She was great. She'll be a nasty bitch this morning. you can guarantee that. But no, yesterday, no, no, yesterday no, no, she was no, very, no, very, very
1: take appreciative. It, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. It's your daughter. Last night she was very appreciative. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I love you. What a special birthday. And I'll get home 11 o'clock today, and she'll completely ignore me. That's how it works. Now, Passover is another issue because, of course, we're used to having big seders, as most of my okay. Jewish friends out there are used to, okay. 10 people, 12 people, mom, dad, brother, sister.
2: Ain't going to be that case tonight. Well, let me interrogate you. All right. W- w- what is Passover? What do you mean, what is Passover? Uh, what is Passover? Who passed over what? What the, happened? The what angels. Is- the
1: angels with blood on the door. Goes back to the, uh, you know, the Egypt and the, uh, you know, the evil pharaoh. No, I don't know. You don't know? No, no. I'm looking know. to you for for information. Oh, wait a second. I don't claim to be like you. you were an altar boy. I don't claim anything. Wait a second. You, you, you're... I'm an altar
2: boy. I was also, a, you know, a felon. That's true. I, mean, most... old, I was an altar boy
1: before I was a felon. Is it fair to say that most altar boys turn out to be felons? No, it's not.
2: <laughs> it's not fair at all. It's not fair to say that? No, it's not true. <laughs> Uh, but uh, oh I, don't, I don't pretend to be anything. But you, you, you were interrogating me, and I, I thought i turned the tables on you. Yeah, but you I, I, don't really know what, the, what, what happened, why Passover is such an important But holiday. here's
1: the difference between folks like me and, and you, to a certain extent, and Mike Francesa to a large extent. I can just admit I don't know. I'm not going to give you some, some answer that isn't correct. I'm just going to say I think I know some of it, but I can't nail it down for you. I know well, the, well, the angels, courage. the angels, and the blood on the door. I got all that, and it goes back to Egypt. Uh, that's all I can but tell. You you. Can't- <laughs> I can't tell you the exact <laughs> reason why. We then you know, what's funny is there are four questions. Of course, you know the Manishtana, Manishtana, Halalah Hazem, He called Halaloh. Yeah, sure. I, I can know, say I know, it perfectly. Know, How about I, that? Yeah, I know that. So yeah. the four questions are usually why do we, you know, recline on this day. Why do we eat matzah on this day? Tonight it's going to be why is this virus different from the others? <laughs> is that
2: the is that a Passover question? I mean, or is that not a uh, Rosh Hashanah? Why is tonight different from any okay. other? That's Pesach. Rosh Hashanah is Happy New Year. That's the Jewish okay, New then, Year. Okay, then uh, we ask the questions Yom Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Oh, so the, the questions are tonight. tonight. Why is tonight yes. different from every other night? Right. That's the one thing I remember, you from, do remember that. from Jewish
1: uh, holidays. Well, you went, to, uh, you went to Jewish school, too? You went to Hebrew school, well, too?
2: No, but I, I am a
1: New Yorker. And you did bang a Jewish chick once. Take so it easy. Calm down. <laughs> Take it easy. So that is uh, the four questions tonight, and we'll, we'll throw new ones in there if you'd like to. Like I said, the biggest. why is this virus different than any other? <laughs> uh, and speaking of Hanukkah, Bush... <laughs> But tonight's fun. You hide the Afi Coleman. You know what that is, right? Uh, your wallet. Not bad. It's close. You take a piece of matzah. You put in like a very fancy little matzah holder. And you hide it in the house. And the idea is, all the kids on a regular Passover when there's 30 people at the house, they go looking for it, kind of like a scavenger ah. hunt. And the first kid to find it gets a cash prize. Usually, grandpa or oh, cool, dad. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's that's the fun part at the end of the night.
2: I do like the fun. I like the horseradish. Does that come into play? 100. Uh, percent yeah, Now, do
1: you like the red or the white? The white is the white. More, oh, the white is so good. Yeah. Oh, the white is so. That'll burn your
2: mouth for that's days. That's what I want. That's exactly what I you want. You like that? A little horseradish on some matzah. Beautiful, right? And uh, wash it down with a, you with, know. With some Manashevitz wine?
1: With some tonic water and vodka. <laughs> we got Manashevitz wine. i tell you what's great, uh, and if you're listening out there, I mean, Danielle's not going to prepare the traditional Pesach meal. You know, the, the, the moror and all that stuff. So we went to Zabar, which is a great place in New York City up in the 80s on, on Broadway. And they actually had the whole Seder plate, every single item on that Seder plate prepared and we just bought it. So now we have the traditional Seder at our apartment
2: tonight, courtesy of Zabar, which is great. Are, are you relieved that, uh, in this case, social distancing is in place and that you don't have to go somewhere to somebody's house. You can just do it at your home. I mean, I mean, a lot of th- times people say to them, that they don't want to go to the relative's well, house. You know, like, they're forced to. They're yes. not looking forward. They're dreading it, actually. Well, and, are you feeling that way? I mean I you you're know, feeling what, relieved a little bit. A little. I mean
1: last year we did go to Brooklyn. When I first moved back to do you the want, show with you. There you go. Yeah, we had like 30 people my sister Ray Sherry's house I and, Remember that? You remember. You so, don't want
2: you don't want to be doing
1: that. No, especially when you got to work the next day right. come back uh, uh, on you know on the on the Belt Parkway on a late Wednesday night it dead meat. Exactly. So I do miss my family. I enjoy spending time with the family, but do I want to go someplace? No. I'm actually looking forward to this tonight. There you go. See, there's a silver lining to everything. There's a silver lining to this whole thing. I got to tell you, I hate to say this because so many of my friends are freaking out. This is terrible. I'm not having a bad time. I'm not. I'm spending more time with my wife, more time with my kids. Everybody's getting along. We go to the park. We do nice things together. I wish I could tell you. I was Now, she may be miserable because she's not working. She is at home all day, and and, I'm not. So she may be miserable, but I'm not. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I think we should take some of the things we're implementing now and, and leave them in place, and I think you're going to see the family structure... And, and people getting along a heck of a lot better. Because you know what's going to happen. As soon as this thing is over, wifey goes back to work for 13 hours. Hubby goes back to work for 13 hours. Kids are back at school. And we're doing the same thing all over again. What's happening right now is
2: actually pretty good well, for the family structure. Except for the fact that uh, incidents of domestic violence well, yeah, yeah, are uh, yeah. skyrocketing. Because <laughs> yeah, you can't leave the house. You, I mean... You yeah, kind of, so. You're a caged animal, top. You're dead. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad for some people. But yes. for others, it is a, a moment to come together and uh, rediscover each other.
1: 1-800-848-WABC. one 800 So this is Holy Week. Passover does start today. Three big holidays uh, for current Christians coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Friday and Sunday, so we got the numbers. We got three guests, uh, uh, doctors, by the way, and and I guess an epidemiologist and a infectious disease guy, and Dr. Patrick Borgen from Emory. So we'll update you on all the all the important stuff. Mario, uh, Mario, Andrew Cuomo, Bill De Blasio, Donald Trump. We got it all for you. But today on this Passover holiday, we want to hear from folks who are in a good mood in a good mood, and actually looking forward to getting this thing over with, which we think is coming sooner than most of yeah. you think. Bernie and Sid on a Passover Wednesday. We'll be right back.
0: The power of information. The freedom to talk about it. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. So nice. I get a
2: baby. Nice, nice can, to
3: meet
2: Good work if you can get it. You're on the Bernie and Sid Show. We I are hurt everywhere. The on the 77WABC app, as uh, I talk over Bruce Springsteen. Uh, look, we're going to have a couple of doctors on the Bernie and Sid Show. We got you all covered, folks. We got all the stats, the facts, uh, everything you need to know. Dr. Rishi Desai of Osmosis Medical Center. And also Dr. Borgen, Dr. Patrick Borgen again from Maimonides. And uh, we'll talk to those guys later. In the meantime, there is some hope, Sid. Yes. You you know about, uh, obviously, the baseball situation.
1: Oh, I hate the baseball situation. It's a terrible idea.
2: They're, they're, th- they're thinking about, I know
1: what it is, they're thinking about coming back in May, but if you read about it, they're all going to play in Phoenix, Arizona, every yeah, yeah. team. They're going to play seven-inning doubleheaders. There's not going to be any dugouts because of social distancing. They're actually going to put the players in the stands because no fans are invited, and they got to sit at least five seats apart. It's now, a
2: terrible idea. Okay, but uh, isn't it better than
1: nothing? no baseball at not all? Not for me.
2: No, because you got
1: seven-inning games. They're not nine-inning games. They're going to actually change everything.
2: It would be something on some professional competitive sports back
1: on TV. I hear you, and there are people that would like that. No fans in the seats, players in the stands, not in the dugouts. Seven innings, not nine-inning games. It's It's
2: not baseball. Would you rather wait until August? Yes. Really? I really would. I really would. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. I was actually of the opinion uh, that it was a good thing. I'm thinking to myself, they're thinking out of the box. Uh, You know, there's some urgency to it. Now, things could change, right? Because that's one of the arguments against committing to it is that things could change. Right. And they could come back uh, sooner than August. Well, maybe June or July.
1: But they're still not going to put fans in the seats. And I know I heard from Adam Adovino, who plays for the Yankees, and Nelson uh, Arenado, who plays for Colorado. Those guys just want to play. And they're like, we don't care what the rules are, where we play. Every team in Phoenix, Arizona, we just want to play baseball. And there is a a percentage of folks out there that want to see sports so badly, Bernie. They'll take it. I want to see my sports in the traditional way they're played. So for me, just for me,
2: I'll wait. Okay. No, wow. Well, I'm, I'm 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 surprised to hear that. Maybe a little disappointed. I was looking forward. I was hoping they were going to do something. That's only a month away. Yeah. But by the way, the, that
1: Arizona thing is very early in discussion. It's not like they're close to doing yeah. it. And... and a lot
2: of players don't like the idea. Chris Correct. Sale actually tweeted something out. I don't. I don't think I could look at my kids on the screens for four to five months because right. they would be sequestered. The players would be sequestered. Correct. Uh, somewhere down there. Now. As far as the UFC goes, I know people, a lot of people are not UFC fans, but I love the idea. I mean, it would be live sports back on TV on ESPN. It would be fights. I mean, maybe people would, uh, you know, they would garner some new fans. Who knows? There was supposed to be a fight at the Barclays Center on April 18th between uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and this guy named Tony Ferguson. Khabib cannot get out of Russia. Hmm. Uh, so he's he scratched from the card. But Tony Ferguson is going to fight some other guy. And according to Dana White, who runs the UFC and is tight with Donald Trump, he says we're going uh, to rent out a private island in the Caribbean and hold the fight there on April 18th. I mean, this is a big fight. they got this guy Justin Gaethje stepping in for Khabib. And, man, I was so uh, jacked up about that. April 18th, we'll actually have some great uh, – that's my favorite sport. This was Dana White talking about getting that private island.
4: We've been working on this since, you know, the world fell apart. And I have this venue for two months. I'm setting up shop here. We're going to be pumping out fights every week. I am also, I'm a day or two away from securing a private island. I have a private island that I've secured. We're getting the infrastructure put in now. So I'm going to start doing the international fights too, with international fighters. Because I won't be able to get international fighters, all of them into the U.S., So I have a private island. I'm going to start flying them all into the private island and doing international fights from there. So as of April 18th, the UFC is back up and running. Yeah. There'll be no fans, and everybody is going to be pre-tested and tested and tested and tested. We're going to make sure that 100% healthy athletes, healthy uh, athletic commission people, healthy judges, referees, my production people, that everybody there is going to be healthy. We're going to make sure that everybody's going to be safe before, during, and after the fights.
2: There you go. I mean, that's uh, some live sports on TV as early as April 18th, day before my 53rd birthday. And, and these are these are really exciting fights. Now they were initially supposed to be on pay per view because they were, with Khabib fighting, he's the champ. He's the guy who beat Conor McGregor. Uh, but I don't know if they will. Oh, do- that's the fight where the ugliness ensued, though. After yeah, exactly. The fight. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. now uh, he, he's the title holder. It was stripped from him after that incident, and this is for that title, that uh, lightweight title. Either way. Uh, I hope it's not pay-per-view. I hope they do put it on ESPN. But either, it's, it's sports, and if it is pay-per-view, I'm already jacked up. Yeah, either.
1: but you, you made I'm a point in. that's a very good point in that Dana White has an opportunity because there's nothing else going on to yes. basically monopolize a sports fan's interest. So he'd be stupid, to be
2: honest, to put it on pay-per-view. He should let as many people as possible right. see it and maybe get some it, more it, fans. Exactly. It would be, be something else. The first live sporting event uh, since the coronavirus shutdown started, right? well, we, but you're right. The MLB is talking about baseball. Gary
1: Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, spoke yesterday. We've got the audio of that. The NFL will hold the draft on April 23rd. It'll be a virtual draft. So there's plenty of sports news uh, involving the coronavirus. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Chad Lopez in the building. Good morning, boss. And uh, we got three great guests today, all the doctors, all the stuff you want to know. You'll hear again from Cuomo, de Blasio, Trump, all that stuff on this Passover Wednesday. Bernie and Sid, we'll be right back.
0: New York proud, New York loud. (laughs) Bernie and Sid in the morning, 77 WABC.
5: I'm not worried about Corona, okay? You're not? Not me. Personally, I'm worried about another Walmart truck. Beautiful girls (laughs) all over the world.
1: You tell them, Tracy. 39 this is my theme song on your Wednesday morning. Is that right, John? Uh That was Tracy Morgan and Howard Stern, courtesy of the great Howard Stern show on Sirius XM. Tracy was really funny on that show a couple of days ago. We've got we've got three doctors on. Stern gets Tracy Morgan, we get three doctors because we're, we're, we're bringing you the information, man. You got to know what's going on out there. Why why people are dying every single day? But again, again, much like it's been the last couple of days. Actually, more good news than bad news. The numbers are grim. Yesterday was a bad day. We knew that already from President Donald Trump. He warned us about that a couple of days ago. But a lot of good news. And before we get back to the phones and take some phone calls at 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, one of the things that um, I found very uh, good yesterday was Governor Cuomo talking about these tests that will uh, antibodies, and, in fact, when they find out that folks have had this and or recovered from this and are okay now, which you and I have been saying forever, those people can go back to work. Those people can go yes. back to school. There's no reason for the millionth, millionth time, there's no reason for able-bodied Americans who have had this especially and they're okay now
2: not to be working. There's no reason. Especially even the young young people. Just send send back the young people because they're not at risk. If they get it, they get it, and they get over it. Send the young people back. Send the people back who have had the disease and recovered. Let them. Let's start. Let's start to reopen, uh, step by step, if if you will. Right. I mean, you know, and then the the antibody test would be huge, but just young people in general. I mean, factually, statistically, uh, young young people do not die from this, unless of course you have an underlying condition like diabetes, which a lot of people have, and a lot you know some young people have, but for the most part, young people get sick.
1: And they're fine. They get better. You know, You know. we did say, though, for a long time on this show, we have made the determination, it's a statistical fact, that poor people tend to get this more than rich people because poor people are on the subway. They don't have the, you know, the luxuries that rich people have. Well, it does turn out, we keep saying it doesn't discriminate this uh, virus. It does. It does turn out that African-American folks suffer more than white people because they do uh, have more pre-existing conditions, stuff like diabetes, heart disease, lung issues. So it does discriminate. It looks like black people suffer more than white people from the coronavirus.
2: But yes, uh, they have. This, Sorry, you know. Izzy. <laughs> well, actually, Dr. Fauci, played that clip of Dr. Fauci. Uh, that's a cut 11. This was, he, he pointed that out last night. Somebody asked him that in particular, cut 11 i take a brief comment to get back to the discussion about the health disparities in the African-American community because
0: it really is very important. And the reason they are suffering disproportionately, as Dr. Berg said correctly, it's not that they're getting infected more often. It's that when they do get infected, their underlying medical conditions, the diabetes, the hypertension, the obesity, the asthma, those are the kind of things that wind them up in the ICU and ultimately give them a
2: higher death rate. So they tend to have these underlying conditions, and also they tend more so than other groups. They tend not to have insurance on top of right, it as well. Right,
1: right, right. So they, they don't get
2: treated early on, and. Uh well, they go too late. My man
1: uh, Bob Mance, Bob's Blitz, says happy Holiday Sid, but it's going to suck. You're not going to be there with Bernard tomorrow. That is not true uh, for the first time in maybe ever. I will be working tomorrow, even though it's Passover. Bernie's going to work on Friday. It's Good Friday, so i got to return the favor. So I will be here tomorrow, even though it is Passover. We're going to have a Seder tonight. We'll have a Seder tomorrow night. We will uh, celebrate in the traditional sense, like most Jews do, but... Uh, I will be here tomorrow morning, and uh, Bernie will be Damn here right. Friday. Damn right I'll be here. Let's go to a Big Lou, our first call of the day. He's in uh, the Bronx, Bernie's old hometown. Uh, Big Lou, how are you, pal? What's going on? What
6: up? Hey, guys, get your ears ready. Say so you heard it here first. What would, it, what, what would you do if I told you that the coronavirus is a training exercise for forced socialism, and it's going to act and dub as a natural cleanser for the physically uh, impaired uh, throughout the world. What, what do you but mean? But what, would, that, what, what,
1: what would we do? I mean, it, it, what you're saying is is crazy. But I mean, who knows? I think I mean, the exact opposite what saying, is. Uh, what I'm saying.
7: What I'm saying is crazy. Yes. Shelter in place.
2: Yeah. Well, that's there's a virus out there. Yeah. These, are,
7: these are all communists. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all, right.
2: yeah, all right. All right. Thank you, but what I tell oh, you. Yeah, come on. What's been exposed is that uh, you know, national health care, for example, in other countries, have failed miserably. And uh, that is socialism. And what has been exposed is that private health care works best right. right here in the United States. The complete opposite of socialism. It, 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 yes. Uh, capitalism and the, the, you know, the ingenuity of uh, these, these big companies, a private enterprise uh, churning out uh, ventilators and all kinds of things, uh, you know, tr- tr- transforming their production facilities to, uh, to, to fight this virus. I mean, so that's what th- this country can do on a dime. Whereas these other countries, no. they can't do, not so much. Oh, we had this
1: discussion. We know, of course, Easter Sunday and good Friday. Now, Bernie does know what the significance of tomorrow is. Holy Thursday, he does know. Let me preface this call by saying that. You do know he told me during the break. Of course. But we're going to bring on Veronica in Manhattan on line one so she can give us some details on how important and what tomorrow means. Holy Thursday, good morning, Veronica. How are you?
3: Yes, I'm great. Thanks. Love you both. We
2: love you. Thank, Thank you. you, Veronica. <clears throat>
3: Go ahead. Okay.
2: Go, ahead, go ahead, sweetie. Teach us.
3: Holy, what we celebrated as Holy Thursday was the day before Jesus was crucified. He celebrated his Seder meal.
1: Right. The his last his supper. supper, basically his Seder meal, right. With the apostles. He was Jewish, of course, so. Well, thank yeah. you, Veronica. Thank you for that, sweetheart. Enjoy your, uh, your, your holiday this weekend, and best to you.
3: Thank you. Same to you. And okay.
1: He, you know he, he was
2: betrayed by Judas. That right. was the night. Right. And then the next day, uh, yeah.
1: He was crucified. You know, I mentioned the Appy Coleman before to you that at the end of some of these Passover dinners, it's kind of tradition where you take a big piece of matzah, you put it inside this uh, very nice matzah, you know, usually a cloth matzah holder, and you hide it, and the kids go looking for it. And usually the kid that finds it, when, of course, things are back to normal and people are together, that kid gets a cash prize from grandpa or daddy or whatever. It's not a lot different than the Easter egg search. That, I guess, happens on Easter right. Sunday, right? A, very you know, similar. Very
2: similar. Very right? similar. You hide the uh, eggs around the house, and uh, you don't get anything but the egg. Which Actually. is chocolate, right? Yeah, it's chocolate. it's chocolate. You get a nice Easter basket uh, initially, but then, then you hide the eggs, the kids go looking, and it's just fun.
1: Used to celebrate it uh, all the time. My next-door neighbor is the great Joseph Iovino. I mentioned to you all the time, Bernie, of course, Italian. And we would go down to Florida every year before we bought a place. Actually, we did buy the place in Hallandale Desoto Soto Park on three islands. And the Rosenbergs would go and the Iovines would go. And inevitably every year we'd end up together on Easter Sunday. We celebrated with them. There was an Italian restaurant nice. in Hallandale. It was called Doria's. It was a great place, Doria's in Hallandale. And we'd go 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon and celebrate Easter Sunday with the Iovines. But that morning on Sunday morning, down by the pool, maybe on the peach, Uncle Louis would hide Easter eggs. And there was Jewish Sydney and Jewish Elizabeth out there on Sunday morning That's going right. up on the Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah we're, it was we're, nice. We're a very welcoming uh, religion, yes, us yes. Christians. Well, back down he was going to Midnight Mass once in a while, too. Here is our dear friend, great caller, and a loyal, loyal guy to Bernie and Sid, Danny on Long Island, on line four. Good morning, Danny.
8: Good morning, guys, and happy birthday to your daughter, Sid. That's a very thank nice you. picture you put on last night, and I, I left a nice note. Yes, to you someday. left a very, I,
1: I did actually like your note uh, this morning, so thank you for that, Danny. Yes.
8: Uh, the mood matches the, uh, the weather, but a couple of things I want to point out. Yes, there is more obesity in poor communities, regardless of their color. That's why these people are going to be hit harder. And that's and true. That's just, just, thing. just
2: think and, of Appalachia, Mississippi, Alabama, yeah. the highest rates of uh, diabetes and, uh, you know, obesity in states like that. And, of course, they have high black populations, but a lot of white, you see, that's where they all come from. There's, yep, yep. You know, <laughs> agree
8: is that, uh, our children are being hit harder than uh, other countries' children, because according to the little thing I just read, 2 out of 10 of our children under the age of 10 are obese, and 4 out of 10 young adults under the age of 25 are obese. So that seems to be the number one way to get yourself in big trouble with this, is that it, it, people who have overweight have diminished lung capacity, diminished metabolism, nothing's working right. So America, get off your butt and start walking around. And one other thing, if I told you, if I gave you a fi- five towns on Long Island, that were overrun with MS-13, that were mentioned by the president, that we all know what town. My town has 35 confirmed cases. Four miles away, 700 in Brentwood.
2: Brentwood, yeah, it's a the hot Huntington
8: spot. Station, where Jilly... Where, where, uh, that's where, right. 400 in Huntington Station, 300 in Huntington, Bayshore, some of these... Co- it, this is going to be an issue because we treat everybody, but why is there so much in these? Are they not listening? Or, or, why, did, why is this happening in these predominantly communities? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer, but post when it's all over, there better be a history lesson to find out because some communities seem to be abiding by it the uh, social distancing, and other people just ignoring it. they're They're
2: they're not. But plus they're also uh, concentrated, more more concentrated. Wealthier people tend to distance themselves, you know. You mean in terms of living living conditions? Just land. Right, right, exactly. But, But, Dan, I got
1: to say this, and I said this to Bernie uh, earlier off the air. When we drove yesterday, Danielle, myself, and Ava, from the Upper West Side, I mean the Upper Upper West Side in the 100s, all the way down to the Freedom Tower. That's where the Palm is. So we basically took most of Manhattan in one car ride. There was plenty of traffic. I mean, plenty at 6 o'clock last night. And I'm sorry, they're not all healthcare workers. So, and it was a beautiful day. And people were riding around. The windows were down, blasting music. They were not healthcare workers. So my opinion is there's a lot of folks out there, way too many folks that are not abiding by the social distancing. We know that already about the parks. That's why New Jersey and Phil Murphy, they shut down all the parks yesterday, shut down all the beaches yesterday, shut down all the hotels in Atlantic City yesterday. You can't go anywhere. And I think in New York they're doing the same thing. Yes, rich people do live further apart than poor people, but I do believe that rich, poor, it doesn't matter,
2: people are not Obeying the rules. They're not. I got to tell you, you're a Central Park guy. Also Riverside Park. But Central Park, uh, there's a big story in the New York Post and a picture of people crowded together. Now, Rockland County shut down their parks. Uh, uh, Governor Murphy shut down all the New Jersey uh, county and state parks, the local city parks, municipalities. That's different. But it could happen here in New York. I know. Because uh, the, the people like this picture that I'm looking at, Central Park on Monday. Uh, they're all, they're not separated by six feet. No, they're not at all. In and fact, so, they're,
1: they're playing frisbee. They're, they're doing all these things that uh, require anything but social distancing. No, they're probably fornicating in the bushes. I mean, <laughs> in Central Park. Well, hey, listen, what's the park for? Uh, at night, though, make sure you do that at night so no one can see you. I'm in the bush over here. 1 eight hundred eight four eight 848 WABC, 1 eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 9222. Been a great hour, number one, here on Bernie and Sid on this Passover Wednesday. Three great guests. Your Phone calls and all the news you need to know. Who rocks New York City every morning? Bernie and Sid.
0: Born and bred, New York. If I can make it there. Bernie and Sid in the morning, 77 WABC. you yo, Sean Kingston. Your way to view. Ah,
1: uh, the great Sean That's Kingston
0: Six fifty six on your Wednesday morning four
1: guests stopping by Suicide today. Don't hiking. We love Dope Hiking, the great assemblyman for almost forty years, years in them. Borough Park, Brooklyn. He's gonna stop by at seven twenty on this Passover holiday, talk about how the Orthodox Jews are actually doing a very bad job. We just talked about folks that are not obeying all of the rules and yeah. hanging out in Central Park. And Some of them. Yeah, he's calling them out. He's, he's uh, calling them out, yes. And, and he could do that because he's Jewish. So could right. I because I'm Jewish. Me, so I can't You can't anything. do that. i got to no. I I right. dummy up. That would be anti-Semitism. That's, that. that's what I would do. And be. you're the he's last saying, yes. person
2: to do that. You're no, a Zionist. That's it. That's yeah. Right. You know what? You want to go to a funeral? Hug, hold hands, go ahead. Go for it, if you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Bruce
1: in Massapeak online, two this morning. Good morning, Cousin Brucey.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, you make what little hearing I have left worthwhile.
1: <laughs> Thank
2: you. Nice to see you.
6: Anyway, um, Sid, I heard you speaking about the, um, you know, you're not in favor of the seven inning games out in Arizona, that sort right. of thing. I can't agree with you more on that, but I do have an idea I'd like to bounce off you guys because you are the authority. Let's hear it. Yeah.
1: Well, we're not really the a authority. March, you, uh, you, you may want to call Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner first, but we'll give you
2: our opinion. Well, I, don't, I don't have his number. I have your number. So <laughs> he he, doesn't, make you he doesn't make a move. Maybe can follow the call. He doesn't make a move without us. That's that's true. Right. <laughs> Go
8: ahead.
6: <laughs> Do it like a March Madness bracket. You have an American League bracket, a National League bracket, two out of three game series each match. You're seeded based upon your finish last year. And then the winner of each bracket combine those, and off you go. You have a world. Well, I,
1: I've heard that. I've heard that too, Bruce. Believe it or not, you're uh, and you're a genius, and happy Passover. But that's been mentioned before. A March Madness type bracket for baseball. Look, here's my opinion. Okay, if we can't okay. do it the, the old way, thank you for the phone
2: call. Let's just uh, reset. A lot of people tuned in. The, the plan is to the plan play... is in
1: Arizona to play two seven inning games a day. American League, National
2: League, no Se- dugouts. Sequestered the players. Sequestered the players. They, they would be away from their families for four to five months.
1: Correct. And no dugouts. Instead, the players will sit in the stands because no fans will be invited, and they must be four to five seats apart. It is a terrible idea. Seven-inning baseball games are not the way it's supposed to be. I don't like it. I don't like a March Madness tournament. This is just for me. If we can't play baseball in the traditional sense, nine inning games and dugouts, I could deal without the fans. I could deal without that. But sequestering the players, making them sit in the stands, two innings shorter, no good. I mean, look, we've got baseball records. We've got statistics that we honor in a big, big way. We'll talk about one. This is a legendary Bay in baseball history. I'll tell you why later. And the way they want to do it in Phoenix, Arizona, does not really lend to what has been traditional baseball, and to me, that's the most traditional sport.
2: To me, of course, I look at it as it's better than nothing. No, I it's don't. It's something. It's a semblance of normalcy. Nope. It's something that we could watch. It will be competitive. See, for me, it'll just
1: remind me of how of how sad things are. No fans, players sitting in the seats, not going to be fun. No one's going to take it seriously. There'll this? be an asterisk next to the world champion Speak- because there were
2: seven inning games, not nine inning games. Speaking of there'll be an asterisk, how about if they had uh, cheerleaders? Would that be... Would that- <laughs> entice you to uh, join... No! You know, There's the no supporters. cheerleaders in baseball. Why not? There's no cheerleaders in baseball. Just just for this year. We, need, we no need something crying. to cheer us up. I understand. You get cheerleaders, you get the players, you got TV, <laughs> you got guys, uh, you know, squeezing right. the rosin bag and uh, other things. Squeezing the what? The rosin bag. Oh, the rosin bag. Okay.
1: I wasn't sure what you guys... I do,
2: I, I, look, I just like the <laughs> idea. I like that, the idea. I like the idea of... Uh, the UFC fighting on April eighteenth on a private island, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just like it. Bring back something, okay. something live, something competitive. Bring back a semblance of normalcy. That's what I want.
1: All right, here's uh, one quick call before we go to hour number two. Dan is in Manhattan today. He's on line six. Good
6: morning, Danny. Happy. Uh, this is Sammy Sam Samuel. Hello, Sammy. Samuel. Good morning, hey. Smule. I, I don't know if you remember me, said I bet you back in September in the, at the Hard Rock. I told you I am uh, born and raised in Egypt, and the man who gave me my first job was a Jew, my ex-wife and the mother of my two children, is Irish Catholic. And yeah, I,
1: uh, I saw you on the boardwalk outside the Hard Rock, right?
6: Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. I do
1: remember, first, yes. First,
6: first, first of all, happy birthday to your beautiful daughter. You, like I have two daughters myself. And, and, and you know what? I, I just tweeted... Thank you, guys, for keeping it light, keeping it positive. Honestly, I don't care about the state business. Thank you for keeping us. Thing, uh, thank what's you, Danny. Right thank now, you. Bernie.
1: Thank you. It was nice to meet you last year at the Hard Rock. And of course, uh, happy Passover to you and your beautiful family and your beautiful daughters. Uh, we appreciate that. We really do. 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 9222. Four great guests today, starting with Dove Hyken coming up next hour. And we'll come back with hour number two of Bernie and Sid on this Passover Wednesday. Right after Deb with the news.
0: We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77.
3: W-E-B-C.
2: It is in love in the first degree. degree. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, That kind of Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABCF. Yeah, folks, we're here. Bernie and Sid are here. We're here for you. We're hanging together. We got information. We got guests. We got the banter and whatever. We, if you want a vent, if you want to shout out, if you're angry at the unemployment uh, insurance system, I mean, it's antiquated here. People can't get through. Give us a call, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And if you go to the Bernie and Sid Twitter page, we have a question, a poll, actually. Uh, This is Jill. The theme is hashtag happy Passover. Right. At the Bernie and Sid page, and she asks this question. Jill, our producer, she says, what will be the four questions asked tonight? Now, before you go any further, she's a moron. Now, and I love second. her to death. No, 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 but let, let, you'll, you'll know why. Go ahead. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get there. I love her. Don't, don't the, the, she says, what will the four questions be a- asked tonight? Oh, give me the four. And then she goes, when will the shutdown end? Good question. We got 48%. Right. Who started all this? Okay. We got 12%. China. Right. And then she goes, where's Hunter? <laughs> that's funny. And that's 40%. That's very, really very funny. funny. Yes. But what the, the problem is. Yeah, I've
1: already, I've already asked her. Where's the fourth question? There's only three questions. I mean, I mean y- y- you talk about
2: the four questions, which is, let do the Manish Tanan Passover, and you ask three questions. Well, throw in, uh, why is de Blasio still mayor? Oh, they can't answer. Uh, it's got to be a yes or no type of deal. Why does it have to be yes or no? Oh, because I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, right, yeah, right. I'm yeah. going to cite go it for exactly, that on exactly. Twitter. But, uh, so, so you would
1: ask, you would ask. Um, Something about the social distancing Seder tonight. Well, Are you that, going well,
2: to enjoy your Seder tonight? No, actually, De Blas- why is de Blasio still mayor could work. That could be a question, right? Why well, no, no, is de Blasio you, no, still you mayor? Have, if it's yes, no, it's
1: got to be should de Blasio still be mayor,
2: yes uh, or no. Well,
1: anyway, go So to make the, it that. Make it should de Blasio still be yes. mayor,
2: yes or no. Uh, Bernie and Sid, uh, a, a Twitter page, at Bernie and Sid, uh, go there and... Uh, Make Jill happy. Make us happy. Well, by the Look, way, today will be my last day, just so you know,
1: a peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on white bread because once Passover starts, no chumitz in the house. That means no bread, no chumitz. cakes. So you got to start eating matzah. Everything with matzah, which I've been doing. And my kids love matzah. My wife loves matzah. So starting tomorrow, Bernie, only matzah. Don't bring really? bread into the studio. Don't do it because that will be bad for me because no chumitz. No
2: chumitz. That's right, Bern. Do you like the way I say that? Very good. So listen. Speaking of good news, I mean, there is a lot of good news. All the models and the, uh, you know, all the projections—they were way overestimated, way higher. They they scaled back the models dramatically. I'll give you an example. That's of April seventh. They said that yesterday we'd need twenty-five thousand hospital beds. That was yesterday. Yesterday we only needed seventeen thousand. Only seventeen thousand. That's some of the stats. um, I don't, I didn't hear Cuomo cover stuff like that. I mean well, he said no, but, some but, good but, stuff. He
1: did, but when he says the number of cases is dropping that would be uh,
2: correlated with all <laughs> right well I'm going to give you actual numbers. Yeah. ICU they said uh, the ICU beds needed would be 6600 yesterday. Uh actually we needed 4600. So I mean just stuff like that. Death predictions way higher than uh, uh than the actual cases. And uh, what we based shutting down the economy on all this. But now some more good news, though. Cuomo, he did talk about plateauing, us plateauing. He did mention that. This is Cuomo.
5: We are changing the curve in that, in that virus
2: growth. You see that plateauing. That's because of what we are doing. Now, as far as getting back to work, you heard uh, the White House task force talks about that all the time. Cuomo, he mentions it, he says it's unsustainable, but yesterday he actually addressed it specifically. And he talked about the certain testing. Listen. This tests uh, the blood to determine whether
5: or not you have the antibodies, which means you had the virus and resolved the virus. You're no longer contagious uh, and you can't catch the virus because you have the antibodies in your system, which means... You can get to work, you can go back to school, you can do whatever you want. And that testing is
1: coming sooner rather than later. Well, that was the testing I was talking about yesterday that Adam Silver has been talking about with the NBA. Yeah. Once uh, the NBA players get tested and the stamp and all that, basketball can return to action. And that is based solely on that exact test that Governor Cuomo was talking about.
2: Yeah, they're testing it out right now. Speaking of testing, they're testing it out. And that would be, v- would be priceless to allow people who have had the disease. There, there are so many uh for example uh, the, the death rate has been projected to be so high and the reason why uh, one of them is that the, uh, well, the 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 denominator in the equation in other words deaths versus people the, the denominator would be the, in the number of cases the numerator is the number of deaths the numerator may be a lot us uh, larger than it should be because if you die let's say you die from Skin cancer, melanoma, right? Right, It's a bad case of melanoma. And you happen to have coronavirus. They'll say you died from coronavirus. And whereas, for example, uh, a lot of people have prostate cancer when they die, but they don't die of prostate cancer, if you understand. Yeah, no, I got you. And and they include that number, and that's in the numerator. So the numerator, that's a lot larger
4: it inflates inflation number right,
2: exactly right, yeah. and with the denominator, of course, there are so many people who have gotten the disease it's, it's in, that number is inflated, and that inflates the overall death rate, so the death rate is more it 's closer to what the flu is actually,
1: yes, than uh, we have ever thought and here 's the number that uh, is most important it 's kind of like in baseball, you look at wins and losses and all that stuff, but it 's really about you know how many games back are you, forgetting about the numerator and denominator, the amount of cases and the amount of deaths. The number that continues to bring optimism to everybody, and the real most important number is the amount of folks that have recovered because that percentage is through the roof. Through the roof, you may hear 2,000 people died yesterday, but you can hear that 7,000 people recovered. So, that number no, exactly to me needs right. to be out there
2: uh, as much
1: as the cases and the deaths. It does.
2: So, and, and all these things are coming out, and it's good news, and we've turned a corner, and I, I believe we really have. Uh, so, things will get better. Get back to normal quicker, sooner rather than later. Hopefully, now. Well, I still think June
1: first because again, New Jersey shut everything down until May the twentieth, and that's not going to change even if things get better. So, if Jersey's on or about May the twentieth, we're probably on the same on the same path. So, I think by Memorial Day weekend, June first. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, the tri-state area may be getting close to getting back to normal. Plus
2: these therapeutic drugs that they've been testing. We had Dr. Oz right here on the Bernie and Sid show yesterday. But still, the fake news media, they still, they, yesterday I played some clips. They think that Trump has uh, some uh, secret financial interest in hydroxychloroquine. That's why he's touting it. And that's why they're all against it, because he's touting it. And it continued yesterday. This is our friend. She's been on this show a million times. Allison Camarota on CNN. This is what she said yesterday.
3: President Trump continues to push for the use of the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine, despite scant scientific evidence of the drug's effectiveness.
2: Well, of course, uh, the, the scant scientific evidence. Well, talk to Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz had a, uh, a doctor, a, room, uh, a rheumatoid arthritis doctor and lupus. He treat, he's been treating people Uh, prescribing uh, hydroxychloroquine for years and years. And that doctor contacted him and said that in all the years I've been prescribing this drug, there are no, no side effects, no deaths, no serious side effects ever, ever. He contacted him. He's been treating lupus patients, as I mentioned, And anyway, Dr. Uh, Oz talked about that. He was on Fox News last night. He said this about the drug and lupus patients. It's very interesting. Listen. We've now run 9 million insurance records through, identified 14,000 people. They have lupus. They're taking hydroxychloroquine. Zero of those patients so far have COVID-19. Now, I don't want to overinterpret that. This is a tiny little biopsy of America. And I want to get to 100 million Americans and confirm what the rheumatologists are sort of observing, which is it doesn't seem right, but they're... patients aren't getting COVID-19 and maybe there's something there that's a clue to us because if that's true, we might consider using this after trials with doctors and nurses and people who are at risk of getting this infection. You see what he's saying? In other words, uh, he's been prescribing it to lupus patients and it it acted as a prophylactic, a preventative. None of those patients got a coronavirus. Right. So, based on that alone, you can extrapolate that it does work as a preventative, as a prophylactic There was uh, promising results in that. He talked to that doctor yesterday. 14,000 patients, not one of them, according to uh, this doctor, this uh, preeminent doctor, Dr. Wallace is his name, got coronavirus. 14,000 who've been taking hydroxychloroquine for lupus. Nobody got coronavirus.
1: Well, there you have it. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's a big number, too. That's not a small sample size. So, look, the medicine is out there. The vaccines are on the way. There's reason to believe that things are going to get better. But, but, but. You still cannot let your guard down. And the fact is, there's still way too many people in and around town that are not practicing social distancing, that are going out and doing the wrong thing. And one of the communities that has been taken to task for that is the Jewish Orthodox community. And one of the folks that is actually out there railing against his own community is former Assemblyman, the great Dove Hykend. And he's going to join us, Dove Hykend, on Bernie and Sid, next.
0: New York Opinions, New York Attitude, Bernie and Sid in the Morning, 77 WABC.
1: Ah, the classic Fiddler on the Roof tradition. Happy Pesach, everybody. Fiddler on the Roof. 7.24 724. Sounds crazy. No? On your Wednesday morning. But in our little village of. You know, Hollywood. listen, uh, one of the things, and we just talked about it last segment, that has become an issue. Or well, the amount of folks that are not obeying and are not complying with this social distance thing. That's part of the reason why that psycho Phil Murphy in New Jersey has shut down everything. State beaches and parks and heat Atlantic City, you can't go to motels and hotels. Same thing's happening here in New York. And uh, right now the biggest issues are, in terms of parks, Washington Square Park down in Greenwich Village and Astoria Park in Astoria, Queens, but it's no better in Central Park. And uh, the folks here are running the risk of ruining it for everybody, getting more and more people sick on top of that. Anyway, one of the communities that has it looks like has not done a very good job with this is the Orthodox community, my people, and Dove Hyken, who we love to death on this show, brilliant assemblyman for the better part of four decades in Borough Park, Brooklyn. He has been outspoken about this. Funerals and weddings with 200, 300 people that are still going on, and, and, and that's not supposed to be the case. So with that said, here he is, one of our favorite people and favorite people. Favorite politicians, the great Assemblyman Dove Hiken. Good morning, Dove.
6: Good morning, and thanks for having me. And uh, it's, uh, it's a very sad chapter to watch. Uh, a even if it's a minority in the Jewish community. Yeah who are thick and stupid Well, let, and let, let's,
1: let, let me start with this. First of all, a decent Pesach to you
6: and your family. Yeah, thank you. You it's too, welcome. and, of course, a happy Easter to everyone. Thank yes. you. Thank yes. you, Doug. Yeah, very
1: nice. So, uh, yes, I, I know you've been angry about that. Now, some caller called in yesterday and said, listen, listen, the other DOS community doesn't watch TV. They're not up on what's going on. And he tried to make an excuse as if they live in a little bubble and they don't know what to do or, or they haven't been warned about what right. not to do. How ridiculous is that?
6: said bernie that is so preposterous i mean it's insulting to say that about the uh, orthodox community you know we have yiddish newspapers we have yiddish uh, 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 radio shows uh, there are so many different ways for people to know what's going on and people do know that is a ridiculous silly insulting excuse for not doing the right thing you know when people go to the synagogue or they go to a ritual bath, or they do any of these things, they are jeopardizing their wife, their children, their babies when they come home. They go to a... Uh, uh, whatever event, and they're on top of each other. And again, I want to point out this is a small group. Yes. But a small group mm. can murder many, many people. And that's what you're doing when you participate in these events. You've got to stop. You can't do
2: it. Stop with the excuses. Do so, the right thing. So look, what, look, what, what is the mentality then, Dove? If, if ignorance, and that, that could be, could have been a good excuse, if ignorance is not the answer, what is the mentality if they know... And they still do it anyway, what is the thinking
6: guys uh, in the jewish community the the uh people are dying every single moment. everyone knows about this it's all being reported throughout the Jewish community. your neighbor, your friend uh, it, you know people that I know are passing away i you know I'm afraid to pick up the phone because I'm afraid of what I'm going to hear who the next person is. So everyone out there, look, I'm home with my wife, you know, we're married 45 years, we have never been alone for Passover. But you know what? We're going to use this Passover just the two of us. I'm not going to my grandchildren, I'm not going to my children. No, you can't. no friends, nothing, just my wife and I. You know what? It's going to be beautiful. You know, we're we, we're going to reestablish our marriage vows. How's that? This Passover. Very Everyone nice. should do that. Don't have your kids come for Pesach for Passover. Don't let your kids come to you. You've got to do the right thing if you want this to end Everyone, all New Yorkers, all Americans, you've got to follow the rules if you want to live. You want to commit suicide, commit suicide, but don't take other people with you.
1: That's the problem. And, and we, too, we're going to have a Seder tonight, just the four of us. And, you know, usually we have one seat for Elijah Dove. Tonight there'll be about ten. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, a lot of room at the table. Right. Yeah. That's right. But, uh, you know, here's the other issue, for me at least, is that, you know, you and I have uh, participated together in, in a bunch of rallies the last couple of months, which you've done. I, I've just been an invited guest, and I appreciate that. It's all, it's all by you. But we have to deal with this anti-Semitism every single day. And the last thing the Jewish people need to do is give anybody an excuse to say, oh, oh, oh look at those people. Look what they're doing. Uh,
6: and, and that's exactly what they're doing here. Once uh, again, we're in the news with bad press. Exactly. And that's exactly, you know, the anti-Semites hate us regardless. But now they have an excuse. Now they can use something and say, look, look what the Jews are doing. Look, the bottom line is this. Everyone out there, stop. Stop. You know, it's not enough to have 90% of the people doing the right thing because the other 10% are going to affect my life and your life and the lives of other people. So it needs to stop. No excuses. I don't care how, you, you know, going to a synagogue and praying with other people at a time like this is committing murder it's not what God wants
2: if you care about God cut the crap so don't hike would you encourage now the police and uh, they're getting orders have not written tickets they they've been very passive not aggressive when they go to these gatherings these funerals they haven't cracked down would you encourage the police to be more aggressive, more assertive, give out more citations, maybe arrest somebody just to send that message? Would you give them a, a pass? Because I uh, guess de Blasio and the, and the rest are worried about being uh, accused of anti-Semitism. Immediately. Right away. Do it. Arrest a couple of people. Let them
6: spend <laughs> uh, Let them spend Passover in a prison
1: <laughs> in
2: a cell. Like right
6: up. now. Come on.
2: Oh, wow. I
1: don't think you can get matzo. I have to check. in uh, Central Booking, Manhattan, they have matzo well, get
6: some matzo over to them, <laughs> but the point is it's going to save lives. And in Judaism, as you guys know, nothing is more precious than human life. So how can people take a chance like this? Really? They see their friends, their neighbors... Dying, they're
1: dying. New Rochelle, look at No. Yeah, New Rochelle. It's it all started with somebody right. going to shul. So, yeah. are the people in your community, the great uh, Selman Dove hiking here on this Passover morning, are they angry with you because you're kind of pointing out what they're doing wrong? Are they are they getting mad at you, your own people?
6: can i tell you that overwhelmingly people appreciate what i'm doing i wasn't going to get involved in this issue you got the elected officials let them yell and scream but people were begging and pleading with me dove you gotta say something You gotta stand up and that's what i've been doing and uh and by the way if everyone was upset at me it wouldn't matter because it's about human life it's about the lives of our families for god's sake Friends of mine were, were buried yesterday, okay? So when you go out and you do your thing thinking you're better than anyone else because you want to please God, you're not pleasing God. You are committing murder. Stop it now. Wow. wow. That's it's a very strong a message. message. Yeah, uh, end it right, right there. Right Don't
2: hike and Listen, man, you're, you're, you're great. <laughs> we love you. I well,
6: got to tell you. I, listen, you guys are special, and I appreciate it. And I want to wish both of you, your families, happy Passover, Happy Easter. You know, let's, let's reestablish. You know, we're, people are stuck at home. I know it's tough. My daughter has six kids. They've been in the house for four weeks. But you know what? You get to know your kids. You should see my grandchildren, the art that they are producing. I mean, the things they're doing. It's tough. It's difficult. But you know what? Fall in love with your husband, your wife again.
1: Yeah, we actually celebrated my daughter's 16th birthday at home last night, and it wasn't ideal, but it was actually very, very beautiful. Hey, listen, on the way out, you want to do a couple of uh, bars of Dianu? What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave. <dog. laughs> you
6: know, you know I, don't wanna, I don't want you to lose your audience. If I start singing, you lose your
1: audience. <laughs> hey, listen, seriously, it's Eastern Pesach and You
6: uh, too. It's sweet Passover. Happy too. Easter. Love both of you Love very you much. too. Keep talking you, out sir.
1: there, Dov. You keep talking because you're a big, big voice, and uh, 100% of the time, you're on the right side. one eight hundred eight four eight 848 1-800. great guests still to stop by. All the sports news you need and all of the political news as well. Again, for the third consecutive day, reason to be optimistic. Bernie and Sid back on a Wednesday right after this.
0: The power of information. The freedom to talk about it. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: All it glitters is gold
4: And she's buying the stairway
1: To heaven This song used to go back and forth In the good old days of 102.7 WNEW When they were classic rock The days of Scott Muni and Carol Miller and Nia and all those guys oh,
2: I remember these days, man I remember oh, them
1: well two for Tuesday This song will go back and forth with Hey Jude by the Beatles For the number one rock and roll song of the year Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin This one right here, does it get more classic than this? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, right? No. It brings me back to another
2: time. Oh, teenage time.
1: When you were fooling around in the back of your cab with um, drunken passengers who couldn't defend themselves? Uh, uh,
2: yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> the driver was a little drunken as well. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what it brings me back to. Oh, God. Hey, listen. Uh, what get... about the virus back then? Not that virus, at least. <laughs> Well, speaking of the virus, now we have this uh, guy here in uh, New York City. It's, uh, he's the controller. His yep. name is Scott String. It just shows you how crazy people are, how sick in the head they are. Uh, this guy, but he's a controller. I mean, he's a respectable guy. Anyway, sadly, his mother passed away from, uh, well, it, it, she passed away from, as a result of complications of the coronavirus. Complications. Remember, I said earlier that you could die of something else, but if you have coronavirus, they're going to say you died of coronavirus. Right, right. So a, a lot of that is happening. Keep that in mind when you see these numbers. But in any case, his mom died. It's very, very sad. Terrible, as a matter of fact. Well, what did Scott Stringer do? He took this opportunity. This, this guy's a psycho. There's like, I mean, these guys were out of their minds. He took this opportunity to politicize his mom's death. This Scott Stringer, this is what he said. Would- right now, we're projecting 28, that we are 28, 28. Uh, reaching
5: a plateau in the total number of hospitalizations. And you can see the growth and you see it starting
2: to flat. 28, uh, Isaiah.
0: Scott Stringer. Donald Trump has blood on his hands and he has my mom's blood
2: on his hands. <laughs> you hear this? That's it? Well, look, he's got Donald Trump has uh, his mother's blood on his hands you believe this? This is like the 10th person. Not the communist Chinese government. I know, you, but they use the same exact blood on his hands. I, I, I mean, your mom died of coronavirus, and, and you're going to take this opportunity as a, a responsible public official to say that the president, who, by the way, uh, w- was on this early on, has your mom's blood on his hands? Here's all you need to
1: know about that, okay, because, again, that's like the 10th person I've heard say blood on his hands. Yeah. Chuck Todd, my friend, your friend Chuck Todd, actually asked that question with the exact verbatim to Joe Biden, the guy that wants to beat Donald Trump yeah. and says anything to beat him, and Biden's response was, and I quote, that may be a bit too harsh. That's Even right. Joe Biden he, wouldn't go that far he, with Donald Trump. He admonished
2: Chuck Todd. Yes. Right on his Even own show. Even Joe, Meet Joe the press.
1: Biden, who spends every day beating up
2: Trump, said, that's a bit much. Though Trump had, did have a, a phone call. And, and by the way, breaking news. Joe Biden now agrees with the travel ban from, uh, on China. He yeah. now agrees now with that. Breaking news. Right. Joe Biden agrees. Two months and, uh, what, four days later? This came, came out about yeah, three but, but days Yeah, but here's ago. the
1: thing. See, I've spoken to Democrats the last couple of days, and they've also come around. They agree with Joe Biden that the travel ban is good. Their complaint is, yes, January, that was good. The China thing was good. March, Damn the right. Europe thing was good. But their complaint is that for the month, they, they contend the month of February, Donald Trump did nothing. He well, well,
2: what is he supposed to say he, he implemented uh travel no, no ban. testing uh, or he, he he appointed the white House task force uh, a couple of days before the travel ban he was quarantining people coming back who had the virus or were coming back from these areas prior to january thirty first he was quarantining those people and so the task force was busy at that point he inherited that c d c testing system uh uh that was so faulty so so uh I mean, it was actually horrific. I mean, we couldn't get anybody tested initially, but that wasn't his fault. That was something he inherited. They didn't fix it after the swine flu. And by the way, he was being impeached. I mean, he was—they've they, been—he's been in the siege for three years. They can't let the guy govern, whatever. Anyway, I, he's done a great job. He saved thousands and thousands of lives with that travel ban. And uh, Joe Biden has finally come around to his credit. But Scott Stringer—he's got my. He's got my mother's blood on his hands. Unbelievable. Now, this other uh, this Navy captain was actually relieved of his command of a, an aircraft carrier. Now, our boss, uh, the man, is a, he's a big shot here at uh, Red Apple Media, and he's here answering phones. That's the kind of team player he is because we have, you know, people at home. Only essential personnel are at WABC Radio. And anyway, Chad Lopez, he was a big shot on, a, on an aircraft carrier back in the day. Swim and rescue. He's a hero. This guy. So he knows. But anyway, I'll get to the story here. The uh, Navy secretary actually relieved this captain after the captain sent out an email to 20 people complaining that nobody's doing anything about the guys on my ship who have coronavirus. There were 23 cases. He sent out an email. It got leaked to the press. And of course, it is a nuclear uh, powered aircraft carrier, supposedly uh, top secret classified. So he got in a little trouble. He got relieved of his command. Now, the president was asked about it the other night. During a press conference, this is cut 16, Isaiah, this is what he said. He made a mistake. Shouldn't
9: be sending letters. He's the captain. He's a very important person in the military. You don't send letters, and then it leaks into a newspaper. So you just don't do that. So it was a mistake. But I may get involved. I'll call uh, Secretary of Defense and find out a little bit about it. And if I can help two people, two good people, I'm going to help them.
2: So the Navy Secretary goes out to Guam, where the ship had finally docked. And he addresses the crew. He addresses the crew. And this guy, w- what he said about the captain, didn't go over well with the crew. Take a listen.
0: If he didn't think, it was my opinion, that if he didn't think that information was to, was going to get out into the public, in this information age that we live in, then he was, A, too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this. What the f-
8: <laughs> I like the
2: guy so in the background. They were actually because he was looking out for his crew, and we right. all, we know from uh, uh, guests that we've had here, uh, uh, Chad Lopez, who again was swim and rescue in the Navy, aircraft carrier, two trips to two, deployed twice to the Gulf. Right? That's correct. Well, we know from uh, Navy SEALs who we've had on here, they actually charge them. They, I mean, the, the brass can be really a bunch of p words that rhymes with sick. They can be really uh, tone deaf, and this guy was clearly that. And the crew, you heard him there. What are you talking about a guy like this for?
10: Yeah, you know, you know, you know, Bernie. It, it's there's there's an acronym in the Navy, right? It's called R H I P. Rank has its privilege, right? But y- you can't compromise the ship like that. You can't. You can't compromise our Navy. You know, he he made a big mistake. It's a mistake. I get where he was coming from. He wanted to. You know, make sure his crew is safe. And, uh, and But he went about it the wrong way. There's, there's still protocol. And when you're, you're in the Navy, that's, that's any military branch is going right. to teach you that you follow protocol and there's ways, that's what the RIP stands for, to have your conversations and get the support that you need. You so, stay within the chain of,
2: chain of command yep. and you don't let it go out to the public. That's but, correct. You know, eyes that shouldn't be reading this email, and it yep. w- was subsequently yep. leaked to the press. It is a top-secret ship, you know? Yeah, yeah.
10: His, his mistake could have really put the, 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 the whole ship in danger. But his intentions were
2: good because he was looking out Understood. for his crew. And uh, so, in any case, that uh, Navy secretary, and this is causing quite a stir in the middle of this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Anyway, he just resigned. He said, look, uh, I'm, I'm causing more problems than I'm solving. And the Navy secretary, who said he was either naive or he was stupid, he resigned, so uh, I guess it's a happy ending. And the president says, "Look, we're not going to we're not going to kill this guy's career because of one mistake. He had a bad day, so I guess it was a happy ending for every everybody. Uh, they're in Guam. The, the coronavirus patients are being taken care of, and the captain will not be booted out of the navy. Yeah, that, that's the way. So you were swimming rescue. You actually went yeah. in uh, in the Gulf, uh, Persian Gulf, and uh, you rescued people but, who were floating around in the waters. Yeah, that well,
10: I mean, it. You know, l- listen, it's it's really no." It's it's a lifeguard, really. When you think about it, thank you for the accolade. But well, you would hang it, up a yeah, helicopter or yeah, something. Yeah, but you know, look, I, I think I think when you're you know you're going through that, and I just want to get back to this because it's really important that when you're out in the ship, I mean, the, the Navy makes sure that they are. You know, you can't let people know where you are. You can't let people know what's going on because it, it's it's lives. It's you know, I was on a ship with six thousand guys. That, that, that's wow. you're putting a lot of people. In Jeopardy, when you start, well, I remember now, I'm going way back, you know, it's different now with, you can call you can call home, you know, on, on the ship right. now. When Skype I was there, you, 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 my, my parents didn't know where I was until I got into port, and that's when we made the call, you know, you, right. you, couldn't, you couldn't do that, and, and they would tell you, they would listen to the calls to make sure that you're not, you know, compromising where we are, what we're doing, where we're going to next, or anything like that, so just just a real bad mistake that he made a real bad mistake
2: how did you look in your uh, your blue you're blue or you're white. You're the white sailor. Out there. I mean, just look the me, l- at me. the l- he, he, little hat?
10: By just looking at me, you know how I
2: looked. <laughs> <laughs> like Frank Sinatra in On The Town. <laughs> you know, Gene Kelly.
1: I was thinking Richard Gear, officer and a gentleman, but either way, Chad's a good-looking kid. Thank you. We, we got Thank three it. doctors about to join us. Uh, coming up here next hour, we'll talk to one guy who's an infectious disease doctor and chief medical officer at Osmosis. Then in the 9 o'clock hour, we've got Dr. Patrick Morgan from Maimonides and somebody from the VA talking about how the veterans are being treated during this uh, particularly difficult time. Plus, it was a, it's a, a historical day today in Major League Baseball history. We'll get to that. Lots more to do, only halfway done. Bernie and Sid on a hump day Wednesday.
0: New York proud. New York loud. <laughs> Bernie and Sid in the morning. 77 WABC.
1: I just want to let people know that on our website, wabcradio.com, We're doing something very, very cool. I I know a lot of you folks on my Twitter and my social media last week saw me do that report for that radio station out in San Diego, California, where I walked outside my apartment and I was actually panning all the apartments by me at 7 o'clock on a, on a specific week, uh, weekday last. I forget what night it was. I think it was Tuesday. And you saw the people on their terraces and people banging drums and pots and pans and v- screaming. Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas. <laughs> now everybody's doing it. I saw Tina servasio do it last night and everybody on NBC and but CBS. But you were there first. Bro. I was the first on, one to do go. it. Let's I had go. the first video. Come on. But if you guys want to take part, we want to see what you're doing in your neighborhoods as all of New York does come together 7 o'clock every weeknight and celebrate first responders and doctors and nurses the folks on the front line send your videos and post them to wabcradio.com so we can get a taste of what you guys are doing as well
2: as me and bernie all over new york city it's all good in the hood uh, sydney on the bernie and sid show let's go to justin in riverdale don't call it the bronx it's riverdale good morning justin
9: Bernie, I got to tell you, it's Rivervale, a V as in victory.
2: Oh, Rivervale, New Jersey, That's New Jersey. Okay, yeah. good. Then but, it ain't uh, the BX.
9: Sid knows it. I, was, I called in a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, guys, real quick, thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to you guys since the days of IMIS. Um Hey, I just want to uh, chime in. I, I got to back up uh, Chad Lopez on that. He was on when I was calling in, and he picked up. Great guy, and uh, I, 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 I totally agree with uh, how he how he uh, you know took the question or, or handled the situation with the USS. Uh, roosevelt and that's one of the reasons i'm calling in. first of all i'm not a military guy but my son is in the u.s. marine corps he's serving in okinawa right now um my brother-in-law is was a former naval officer on a submarine so wow. i just want i just wanted to back you guys up by saying i agree that although it's unfortunate um i agree with chad lopez and the, the fellow should have been uh, relieved of his command
2: oh he should have been yeah but not necessarily kicked out of the navy i mean he was looking out for his crew would you say not uh, justin
9: not kicked out of the Navy. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the repercussions are for him, but I know this thing got all blown out. Should probably never been
2: you know. Well, listen, good luck to your son, and uh, thank you for uh, his service. Uh, we appreciate your call as well. Justin from Riverville. Hey, Chad Lopez is, uh, as we mentioned before, Navy veteran, aircraft carrier, deployed twice to the Gulf. Was there a lot of friction between the the squids and the jarheads, the the, the sailors and the uh, marines on the ship?
10: Oh, absolutely,
2: absolutely,
7: yes, of
10: crazy joints being yeah. thrown. You know, it's interesting is when when you're when you're uh, you're out and you're in port and you're in bars or whatever. Yes, and you're alone. There's a lot of friction, well, but when you, you, they
2: just hate each other. They what? just
10: hate. I mean, you know, one one thinks they're better than the other, <laughs> but more importantly, is when you're when you're sitting in the when you're in a bar alone. But when you're in a bar with other people from other countries it's all one we all come together yeah. and that's what's amazing about the military. bottom
2: line good message look at that that's our that's our leader there speaking you of all, all hands on deck our leader Chad Lopez <laughs> who runs the whole operation is in screening phone calls, all hands on deck. That's a Navy thing. That's thank the
10: you. man. Thank That's you right. you, guys. you guys. You guys give here. me too much credit. You guys right. put on a great product. Well, thank you. thank you. Thank
1: you. And you were smart enough to hire us. So, <laughs> Anyway, we're only halfway through. We've got an infectious disease doctor, Patrick Borgen, the great oncologist at Maimonides Medical Center and the the, uh, the, the Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary, Robert Wilkie. He was actually given to us from the White House. That's how important Bernie and Sid are. So three great guests about to come your way only halfway through. The phones are open as always. We'll be we be back with hour number three after Deb with the news.
0: We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77.
3: W.A.B.C.
1: Ah, very nice. Izzy Richardson spinning the tunes this morning. Little thanks to Sinatra, New York, New York. As we start hour three, I'm half number two. Of the Burnie and Sid in the morning show on Talk Radio 77. W.A.B.C. will be inundated with doctors for the next two hours. Or so that's what we do. We talk to doctors. Basically, Bernie and I, we never went to medical school. I did actually at one point um, major in pharmacy in college. I, I, I have a doctor. <laughs> you have a doctor? Yeah, I go to
2: a doctor. Me yes. too, Dr. Frank I'd, Weiser. I've been in the hospital for a couple of things. You know,
1: you laugh about it, but I was arguing with my daughter, Ava, who celebrated her birthday yesterday, about the virus and, and you know how, how uh, dangerous it is and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you know, you're not a doctor. And I'm like, I got to tell you, I feel like I am. That's all we do is <laughs> talk to doctors every day. Yeah. And we got one on the phone right now. Uh, this uh, gentleman, Dr. Rishi Desai, is a um, pediatric infectious disease doctor and chief medical officer at Osmosis. And he's joining us on this Wednesday morning. Uh, Dr. Rishi, how are you, pal?
11: I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. How are you?
1: It's nice to have you. So we invited you because our producer, Jill, Florida Flipper at home right now, we watch Fox News basically all day, and she's not sure if it was Shannon Bream or Martha McCallum.
2: It was Martha McCallum.
1: Thank you, Bernie. You got it to a Martha McCallum. Uh, you, now just so you know, both Bernie and I are Trump supporters, but that's not, doesn't mean you can't, well, you have a differing opinion. That's fine. It's not about politics. Right. But you did, you do think that the, the government had a slow initial response to this. Tell us exactly what you mean by that.
11: It's a good question. So I just pulled up the data today on testing, for example. And In the last seven days since I was on that show, there have been a million tests on COVID-19, one million. In the prior three months, since January, February, March, there have been one million tests. We doubled everything in the last seven days. Imagine where we'd be right now if we had two million tests, which is what we are today, back in February. We would know who has it, who doesn't have it. We clearly had the capabilities. We did it. But the problem is that we did it slowly. And as a result, we're where we are today because we don't have the isolation in place to keep this thing from spreading. And so you're in New York, right? Yep. And New York is at the epicenter, not of the U.S., of the world in terms of new cases exploding.
2: Tell us about it.
11: Yeah. And so... The problems you're facing, you wouldn't be in this, in this situation had we done this level of isolation, testing, back in February. This mountain we're trying to climb now would be a hill by comparison. And that's devastating. Just the number of cases, 400,000 cases in the U.S. as of right now, the deaths that are mounting up. I mean, you saw the, the expectations from President Trump and Fauci, hundred to 240,000. We wouldn't be near those expectations had we done this back in February. And that's the challenge. Now, you know what I'll say is that there have been some good moves, right? So the federal government did ban flights from other countries, Europe, China. Good move.
1: China, by the way, all the way back in January, when when the rest of the world was not really paying attention to this, while he was being
2: impeached, President Trump.
11: Good, good move on banning, so I just want to be very clear i 'm not trying to be partisan about this that was a good move
2: and the, right? and, and appointing a and task force two days before that that was a pretty impressive move what was that I just uh, appointing it. a task force uh, I, I believe sure. it was january twenty eighth uh, two days before the ban that was I, uh, that means that they were so somewhat on top of it
11: i to be perfectly honest, had the task force done more faster i 'd be even more excited about that task force but but I think specific things like banning. You know, flights coming in from certain countries, good move. Expanding telemedicine, good move. So I'm not here to say that there have not been good moves. There have been. But instead of walking in the right direction, we should be sprinting in the right direction right now. And that's the issue, is that we're just going too slow at every step and that's why we're leading the world in number of cases, number of deaths. I don't think they anybody don't
2: would disagree with you on that, uh, doctor. The testing was terribly, woefully inadequate early on. Yeah. And part of Absolutely. the reason for that was because after the last pandemic, the uh, the swine flu, nobody did anything about it. This is, what, uh, this is what we had in place. And now, going forward, I'm sure in the future, we won't have a repeat of this because we learned from it.
11: So you bring up a good point in that there has been a gutting of the public health budgets that has been multiple cabinets right it's not just one cabinet or one one federal uh, government uh, one presidency and there's also been gutting of science investment education investment i mean these are things that when when you have a country that's deinvested in science and education and technology and public health covid-19 will rip you up over it and take take advantage of those things and it has So I hope, I really hope that you're right and that we seriously reinvest in science, technology, public health, and all those sectors, including healthcare. Now, Now, there are specific things that we can do right now to make this better, very specific things. So, for example, if we had a federal mandate to isolate all states, all individuals, and enforce that, that would help dramatically in terms of avoiding for many places, what New York is suffering through right so now.
1: So you want, like, martial law? I mean, you want it to be that, um, that stringent?
11: If we did it that stringently for a couple of weeks, yeah. two weeks, right, yeah. we would see a definite benefit at the end of that two weeks.
2: But con- just imagine, constitutionally, you know, the, uh, the, that's not doable. I mean, martial law, yes, it, is doable, but the states are, take the lead on stuff like uh, the, the closures and all that stuff.
11: That's a great point. And if the federal government made a strong recommendation that all states should be doing this, then I think we'd see a lot more states. You know, there's a handful of kind of holdouts at the moment we'd see more states jump on board. Well, what
1: are you asking to do? Uh, Just to be specific here, like, for example, me and my family, we go out to the park every day. Uh, I run a bunch of miles. My wife runs long mileage. She's a marathon runner. My son walks in the park. He's 11 years old. I believe he needs a vitamin D in the sunlight. Are you asking Americans to literally not even go outside for two weeks because, in my opinion, you're asking a bit too much?
11: No, no, no. No, 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 no. Not at all. So let me be super clear. You said you're a runner and yeah. your son needs vitamin D. Right. I like to run. I need vitamin D. So I'm not suggesting that at all, right? What I am suggesting is that we make it very clear that there cannot be large parties, large gatherings, large events. And if there are, the police need to crack down on that well, right away. We agree away. with that, yes.
1: We agree with that 100%. Right. So where are you, right. by the way? Where is osmosis? So You're not in New York City. Where are you?
11: It's a distributed company, so we're based all over. I'm in Oakland, California, to be specific.
1: Oh, you're in Oakland, California. Wow. It's 5 o'clock
11: in the morning. i in New York. Yeah, exactly. But but, so, you know, in terms of solutions, right, we got to one, federal mandate for isolation. We both agree running sounds great. Yes. Number two, we need to make sure that we scale up testing. I talked about one million last week. That's great. We need to start testing asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic people and making sure those people that do test positive aren't going out and about, that they have food delivered to them, that they are allowed to heal and get better, and that they're not out on the streets making other people sick. Right? So if you, yeah. if you test positive, you cannot be out there getting other people sick. right? Agreed. Awesome. So we've agreed on two big things. Third, we've got an economy in a lot of trouble, right? Yes. you agree. It. Got oh. to reopen nope. this country sooner than later. So here's my suggestion for you on this. There are two big things we can do that would help with COVID-19, but would also help our economy that we haven't done. So number one, we have a lot of unemployed people. We also need a lot of humans that can help us out with taking care of all these patients. We have jobs available on the front lines of healthcare. We need to raise the line for health care capacity, right? Yeah. So why not take those people that are unemployed, train them up in 10 days, and get them on the front lines doing vital signs, helping to you know, move patients around, uh, feed patients that need feeding. These are things that we can do, and actually that's specifically what osmosis.org does. That's what
2: we're doing. Well, well that, goes back, that goes back to testing, does it not? Uh, the antibody testing, so these people don't catch it themselves uh, while they're on the front lines.
11: 100%, and that's my other idea. So we can actually do expanded And you you mentioned at the top of the game that you're essentially now kind of learning medicine on the fly, and you are, and you're doing it perfectly. So this is exactly right. If we did antibody testing, the, the fancy word for that is serology. If we did serologic testing, looked for people that had an antibody, we could make sure that the people that are getting back out there doing the healthcare procedures are safe to do so, have a positive IgG. And here's the other thing. We could print out things like immune certificates. We could tell people, hey, go back to your business. Open up your business. You could do that tomorrow if you have a positive IgG. That opens up the economy. That's the second thing. So we can get people on the front lines. We can get people out because they have immune certificates. We can do these things, but we need federal government support and, and guidance to get this done at a national level, not kind of in a hodgepodge way. Uh, at the at the locale or state level. All right,
1: listen, 30 seconds to go. By the way, you sound uh, very rational, and uh, we happen to agree with most of the stuff you're saying. But the biggest awesome. question of all is, you're an impressive guy. You're a successful doctor. Again, a pediatric infectious disease doctor, chief medical officer at osmosis. Why are you in Oakland and not across the bridge in San Francisco?
11: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That, that's a housing price issue, which is another issue, right? So we'll we'll get into that, but that's going to take
2: a whole show.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Listen, we appreciate you coming on today, and thank you for the uh, the information. We agree on just about
11: everything,
2: very so thank much. you very much, Doc. Thank you, Doc. What a pleasure.
11: Thank you so much. It was our pleasure.
1: At the 518 in Oakland, California, Dr. Rishi,
2: stopping by the Bernie Institute. Dr. And Dr. Rishi Desai. Your boy. From osmosis. You guys went to high school together, didn't you? Well, we had a place together in the Catskills (laughs) at one point. He sounds like a very sweet guy. Uh, well, well he mean, he, you know, he means well. No, we he We all does. mean well. We all mean well. He, he doesn't sound like a, a, you know, a bitter guy. No, but, no, 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 no. Not it's at all. Some of the people you hear on uh, TV.
1: Right. The liberals specifically. Folks that are criticizing the President Trump. fake news. Trump. Right. He was good. We're going to talk to Dr. Patrick Borgen later. Somebody from the VA who the White House gave us actually. The Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkies We had a couple of great guests coming your way. Push your phone calls. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We Roll on Bernie and Sid.
0: Born and bred, New York. If I can make it there. Bernie and Sid in the morning. 77 WABC. They're
3: playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. No, they're not. We love that oh
2: basketball. no, they're not. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. That may be soon, though. We hope, hope so. We spoke yesterday. We, we do hope that. Yeah, we do. You got uh, that. Maybe uh, some some weird baseball in Arizona with sequestered players and no fans and seven-inning games, doubleheaders, seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, also, UFC, they're going to fight uh, on April 18th on a private island in the Caribbean. They're actually going to go through with this. It's uh, supposed to be Khabib. Nerma- Karmama Medov or whatever the hell, huh? however you pronounce his last name, huh? <laughs> against Tony Ferguson. That I can pronounce. That's easy to say, yeah. That's going to be one hell of a fight anyway. Uh, Khabib can't get out of Russia, so he's uh, he's not fighting. They got this guy to replace him, Justin Gaethje. And Dana White says that he's going to f- hold the fight on April 18th. It was supposed to be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on April 18th. He's going to hold it on a private island. I hope it's not pay per view. I hope. I hope they put it on ESPN. It will be the first competitive sport back on TV, since everything was banned, and it would it would uplift people's spirits. And what an opportunity for the UFC for them to put that on! I mean, he would he would be a hero to me. I saw that yesterday, and I was like, "Wow, this is fan freaking tastic!" Thinking out of the box, Dana White, who by the way is close to the president, and uh, also, crime is down generally speaking. But uh, burglaries, they're way uh, domestic abuse is up. Yes. Burglaries up 75%. These small businesses that have been closed down, especially in the outer boroughs, mostly in the outer boroughs, the business, small businesses, they're getting broken into. Yeah. They, uh, first of all, these uh, everybody's wearing these uh, Antifa thug masks now, their bandanas over their faces. So I was talking to Curtis Lewa, and he brought up a good point yesterday, which is these surveillance cameras can't, they can't identify you because everybody's wearing these masks. Uh, they're walking uh, right, right right, into the store, right past the security cameras. Nobody's getting busted. The, the thugs know it, and they're breaking into these businesses all around the boroughs, and it's horrible. We've got to start getting back to work. But still, there is still crime out there. There was a robbery yesterday in the Bronx. Yeah, somebody got stabbed, right? Killed. Well, there was a robbery, and uh, the cops actually, two, two cops on patrol, they subdued the perp. Oh. So they got him down on the floor at 183rd Street and Davidson Avenue, up in the BX.
1: By Yankee Stadium.
2: They got one of them. No, it's not. Uh, is that 187? No, no, Yankee Stadium is 161st. Ah,
8: it's the, not too Okay.
2: So anyway, they, they got him down on the ground. They got one guy's down on the ground. The other cop, he's standing around trying to keep the crowd at bay or whatever. I'm going to play an audio here. And as he's standing around, this other dude with a mask on goes up behind him and sucker punches yeah. him right in the mush. Yep. And then you hear the guy th- that's taping the the whole incident, telling him to run, and he's he's happy about it. Take a listen to this. I'm recording this. I'm oh, I'm, re- I'm recording yo, yo. this.
5: What the, oh, f- yo, what the? What the? What f- the? F- was that f- about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, f- yeah. Holy yeah. F- Run, run! Yeah.
2: Yo! <laughs> yo! What the? F- so they just just sucker punched the cop. The cop was wearing his own mask. Anyway, they caught the creep, and another cop got hit, too. They caught, so they arrested all three of them. So the disrespect for the police and the danger is still out there for them, despite the fact that uh, uh, you know, most people are not on the streets. And uh, the uh, Sergeants Benevolent Association, our friend Ed Mullins, he tweets out, New York City people are dying and suffering as COVID-19 plagues thousands. But the same scumbags continue to roam the streets of New York City and attack NYPD cops. Sadly, the wrong people are suffering. Welcome to de Blasio's New York City. Yeah, right. And uh, that's what 20% of the police force
1: calling out sick. You're talking about 7,000 cops not even
2: coming to work. It's really scary uh, as they let out uh, prisoners from Rikers Island. Paul is in Wontaw, Long Island. He wants to talk about the interview we did with Dr. Rishi Desai. Good morning to you, uh, Paul. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Hey, I uh, just
11: wanted to comment. I, you know, your, your your last guest. I guess he had good intentions, but I think he's living in Disney World. So, what 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 government program do you know that runs efficiently and smoothly? That and now he wants us to to put together millions of Americans that are unemployed, train them in ten days, and and let them be responsible for people's vitals and
7: and health and. I mean, it would take two years to put that together. Of course. I, I, he's got inches, but it, come on. He's
2: a little Pollyannish, and uh, of course, the states should should take the lead on these, uh, being prepared. The pre- preparedness on the part of municipalities and states, that's where it's at. The federal government is there to back them up, but states have to take the lead on yeah, it. That's, what, that's the bottom line. He Doug, wanted
1: it the other way around. He wanted the federal government to run things. It doesn't but that's work not that
2: the way. way the Constitution no. No. Uh, is, is designed. Doug is in New Jersey. Good morning, Doug.
7: Good morning, guys. Yeah, in reference to the uh, the guy you just had on from Oakland, he's a
11: Monday morning quarterback. On January 26th, Fauci, the expert of all experts, said, hey, there's no problem here. Yet five days later, we have Trump, a non-scientist, a non-doctor, saying, hey, no more Chinese coming into this country. So, yeah, this guy, and everybody's an expert, you know, after the battle has already been fought.
2: You're absolutely right, Doug. You know, I played that clip uh, several times of Dr. Fauci. He was on with uh, our big boss, John Katsimatidis, on the Katz's Roundtable, and he made those comments. He, he went elsewhere as well. But I've played that clip. Dr. Fauci was dead wrong. And I will say this, the trade advisor, Peter Navarro, he actually uh, put out a memo in January, on January, I believe it was January 26th, saying that millions of people potentially could die of this disease and we're going to suffer an economic disaster if we don't do something. Actually, it was January 28th. Two days later, the president implemented the travel ban on China. So that's the way that went down. And, and that same day, Joe Biden, the Democrats, and the Democrats, they called the president racist, xenophobic, and Joe, Joe Biden called him hysterical. On the travel band. He's he's since come around, of right. course. Now we agree. Like th- three days ago. Right. We'll, we'll take one more quick call before we break, and that's
1: Mark in Plainview. He's on line one. Good morning, Mark. How are you, pal?
4: All right. Nice to talk to you guys. You too. So I think the doctor from California has great ideas. Yeah. And that keeping the distance. I get that. I do that. I make sure that my family does that. But I'm going to tell you something. In reality, I go to parks every day. I'm retired. Yep. Okay, Not that it matters. Everybody's not working anyway. All I see is groups of four or five teenagers walking together. Yep. You know what I mean? Where no, are the we, parents? We,
1: we, we see it every day. I don't know where the parents are, and it frustrates the hell out of my wife and I and my family, because we see it in Riverside Park and Central Park, Mark, every day. Five kids together, six kids together, and every once in a while, I'll walk by and comment. I'll be like, hey, yo, you're going to screw it up for all of us. You know what I'm saying? You're going to ruin it for all of us. And that's why, you know, we have these issues. In New Jersey, they shut down all the parks and... You know, right now they're getting close here, I think, in New York. I know they said the two biggest parks out of the issue, Washington Square Park and Greenwich Village and Astoria Park in Astoria, Queens. Those are the two parks where law enforcement says they've got the biggest issues. But by me, both Riverside and Central Park, there are way too many kids doing exactly what
2: that guy just said. You got a picture in the New York Post this morning in Central Park of adults, all of them on some sort of track drive running together and they're not six idiots. feet apart. I mean just so they're idiots. gonna end up
1: closing down all the parks as right. well. Just just comply. one 800 848 wabc one 800 848 9222 Still two more great doctors stopping by. And an historical day today in the history of Major League Baseball. We'll get to all of that plus your phone calls on this Happy Passover.
7: New York
0: opinions, New York Attitude, Bernie and Sid in the morning, 77 WABC.
5: When the night
0: now
1: this is a great tune. Come, Stand by me. We're standing by you, audience. And the land is You're standing by us. This is a team effort. We are beating this together. Alone, that makes sense. Anyway, see. this is uh, this is Stand by Me on this Passover Wednesday morning. No, I
8: won't be
1: afraid. Oh, this is such a great movie too. And you know who did this movie? You, you hate this guy. Although he was great on our show off. once. Great live from Atlantic Every City. Man. Stand by me. Rob Ryder. So darling, darling, We, actually, we, we got along very well. We got along great. But he is, you talk about blood on your hands. He sent out, you can make this lower now. By he, he sent out a tweet a couple days ago. President Trump doesn't have blood on his hands. He's soaked in blood. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, he's still playing the, the, the part of Meathead. Meathead, yeah. in the family. Yeah. He, no, but
1: that's, that's real.
2: That's, he's not playing well, any no, parts. Whatever. I mean, he's, yeah. still, he's still, he is Meathead. He is a mean yes, yes. He
1: was great with us, but he's very, very
2: nasty. These people, that's what we need. We need a vaccine to take care of Trump derangement syndrome, we which do. these people are suffering from. Uh, is, too many a, of them. It's a terrible disease. Uh, At a time where we have this national health crisis, these people want to play politics. I know. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. It's, it's and when it comes to
2: actually a life-saving drug, to, to oppose a life-saving drug just because a guy – who you don't like touted it. That's right. I mean, that's pretty disgusting.
1: I agree with you. No. Listen. It's it's hard to believe, but it's, it's predictable at this point. Like, I'm not... I'm, the shock and awe is gone. E- even now. Even with the virus, the shock and awe is well, gone.
2: Look, it, it, it was gone for me, but this is definitely the low... The lowest of the
1: low. It's gross. There's no question. So we'll get back to all of this stuff. We're going to talk to Dr. Patrick Borgen, the best oncologist in the country, over in Brooklyn at Maimonides Hospital. He'll be on at 9. And then the White House gave us this guy, Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie, coming up at 9.40. But today, Izzy Chad Bernard in the audience, today was a historical day in Major League Baseball. Today. 46 years ago today, Bernard McGurk, the great Bernard McGurk, what, uh, what happened 46 years 46 ago today? 46 years That's ago. right, Bernie. You were, well, well, I think see. you were
2: 30. That would have been 1974, right?
1: Excellent math.
2: Uh, so what happened 1974 in April in baseball? In baseball. I just have no clue.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm sure most of the audience doesn't either. But uh, let me bring you back. Let me uh, take. By you the back. way, that
2: math was pretty quick. That right? was very good. Thank you. Thank yes. you.
1: You're a very smart guy. Very not smart. Really, guy. but uh, yeah. I did nail that one. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back 46 years ago today. This was one of the great moments in the history of Major League Baseball. Well, we want to make sure. Oh, no, that's of, not
5: it. That what are you doing?
1: Don't... Come on, baseball, Hank Aaron. At
5: least for the month of oh
1: april Oh my god <laughs>
0: here's the pitch by downing swinging there's a drive
4: yes. into left center field that ball is gonna be out
10: of here it's gone it's 7 15. there's a new home run champion of all time and it's henry aaron the fireworks are going henry aaron is coming around third his teammates are at home plate and listen to this crowd
1: Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record yeah. of 714 home runs. And a home run, you know, he, he ended the 1973 season, Bernie, with 713 home runs. He homered opening day off Jack Billingham of the Reds to get the 714 to tie Babe Ruth. And then two days after that against the Dodgers. And uh, Downing, out Downing, I should say, he hit the home run
2: to break the record. Wow! You know, I actually saw Hank Aaron hit a home run at Shea Stadium. You did when I was a kid. It had to be like 1970, something like that. Oh, that's cool! I was there. I used to cut out the uh, the the coupons from the milk boxes. Yeah, and take the uh, bus from the Bronx. Over the Whitestone Bridge, probably, into Queens. And, yes, I, I actually saw Hank Aaron hit a home run.
1: Hank Aaron ought on to hit 40 more home runs between Atlanta and Milwaukee. He retired a Milwaukee Brewer. Ended his career with 755 home runs. And most people consider Hank Aaron the all-time home run leader, even though he hit 755 and Barry Bonds hit 762. So Barry Bonds is really in first, but because of the steroids and well, all that, yeah. most people say, hey, Hank Aaron's still the home run king. Of course. Even though
2: Bonds hit seven Not more. only that, the bats were a little, they had a little more pop when Bonds was... Uh, yeah, was, and right? the baseballs
1: too. Sure. And the baseballs were juiced. No, Aaron, uh, Aaron's the, the guy. Aaron's the man. Aaron's the guy. And you know when Hank Aaron broke that record that Babe Ruth held that he received thousands and thousands of death threats because even then, oh, right. back in 1974, America was not okay with a black guy breaking Babe Ruth's a record.
2: Bunch of morons! Unbelievable, right?
1: I mean, death threats? Yeah, oh yeah, no, I but serious know, yeah, death yeah, threats. He's... Yeah, but you remember the video of him rounding the bases and the guys yeah. running out onto the field and hugging them, and it was a, it was a great moment. Hank Aaron, forty he's, he's, he's a great yesterday. guy
2: too. I've seen him interviewed. He's a really nice man. Yes, yeah, a very smart guy. I didn't um, say he was smart. I said he was
1: nice. Oh, nice, too. I'm sorry. But he might be smart. 1974, 40, uh, 46 years ago today. All right. Now, you did play a couple of other cuts I do want to get to, talking about the other sports and what we may see. We already talked about Major League Baseball maybe getting back in Phoenix, Arizona. But NBA Commissioner Adam Silver did sit down with Ernie Johnson. This is Adam Silver, the NBA Commissioner, talking about the possible return of basketball in May.
5: At least for the month of April. We won't be in a position to make any decisions. And I don't think that necessarily means on May 1st, we will be. But at least I know, I think just to settle everyone down a little bit, it doesn't mean that internally, both the league and in discussions with our our players and the teams, we aren't looking at many different scenarios for restarting the season. So we talked about baseball, maybe taking
1: every single team, putting them in Phoenix, Arizona, playing all the games there. Basketball is talking about doing the same thing well, we're, in Las Vegas for the playoffs. And
2: we talked about this yesterday. Wouldn't that involve uh, a, a testing, testing these players to see if uh, indeed they have had this disease yes. and, and they're now immune? Or, yes, yes.
1: The same testing that Pomo's uh, talking about, sending New Yorkers back to work, yeah. the NBA wants to use well, right now. It's got to be available before. I mean, it's not, True. not It's not ready yet. Well, that's why he's saying we're not going to make any decisions in the month of April. they got to see if that testing comes yes. along maybe in May. So now you got baseball. Now you got basketball. Football, we know the draft will be virtual this year. They're not going to go to Las Vegas. They'll be in their own
2: living rooms and their own bedrooms coming up on April the 23rd. And, and by the way, last year, Nashville, it was like a three-day event. It was, it was, a street it was huge. There was like hundreds of thousands of people in the streets. Bernie, you, if they had
1: aerial visions, I remember this, you couldn't see yeah. any open street. It was huge. And they expected the Vegas Strip this year to be even bigger. Bigger. Yeah. But they've taken it away. It's going to be a virtual draft starting April 23rd. Now, hockey... Hockey is a big deal in town, of course. The Rangers play right downstairs. The Islanders playoff team as well. Devil's not very good. But their commissioner, Gary Bettman, did speak yesterday. They're also talking about coming back just for the playoffs, ending the regular season at 60-plus games, coming back just for the playoffs. Here's NHL commissioner Gary Bettman speaking to NBC just yesterday.
11: What we want to make sure of is that we don't do anything from this season that might impact next season having the normalcy it's supposed to have. So the, the two factors are timing relative to how late we can go without impacting next season uh, and making sure that whatever we do competitively, if we're going to complete this current season, it has to have integrity. It has to be respectful of the well over 100-year history of the Stanley Cup.
1: There you have it. So that's all the major sports, football, the draft coming up virtual, baseball, maybe coming to Arizona, maybe sometime in May or June. NBA talking about a possible May return. And Gary Bettman saying we may scrap the rest of the regular season in hockey and just come back with a playoff format in one city.
2: Yeah, well, listen, uh, that's optimistic, Uh, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, I mentioned earlier, we do have one big time sporting event that's coming soon. Big time <laughs> could be the fir- it, could- it is big time. It's, it's ESPN. Big- no, I know, but it's not baseball or football. This is or- this is a the huge fight. This is a big time fight. This is a uh, Tony Ferguson is like a, he doesn't get any better in the UFC. I never and heard he, of the guy. He was, well, trust is he me, big time, big He is a, the, one of the baddest dudes on the planet, and he was supposed to fight the champion, or the lightweight champion, Khabib Nermedikov from uh, Russia. Khabib can't leave Russia. They were going to fight at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn yeah, I know that. Yeah. on April 18th. Yeah. And Dana White, late into this coronavirus, he was saying, we're still going through with it. But obviously they're not. Right. But in the meantime, he has secured, he says he's secured a private island. <laughs> sounds like and wants to go, he wants to go through it. Listen to what he said.
4: We've been working on this since, you know, the world fell apart. And I have this huh. venue for two months. I'm setting up shop here. We're going to be pumping out fights every week. I am also, I'm a day or two away from securing a private island. I have a private island that I've secured. We're getting the infrastructure put in now. So I'm going to start doing the international fights too with international fighters. Because I won't be able to get international fighters, all of them into the U.S. So I have a private island. I'm going to start flying them all into the private island and doing international fights from there. So as of April 18th, the UFC is back up and running.
2: He's sort of pulling a, a Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I got a private, <laughs> private island in the Caribbean. I'll do what I want. That's funny. Dana White. And, so and by the way, uh, uh, it was called Orgy Island. Orgy is a, an anagram of the word gory. That's true. And when, when a t- any, any Tony Ferguson fight, especially if it was Khabib, it's going to be Justin Gaethje, it ends... In a gory fashion. All right. There you have it. So uh, UFC
1: on the way back. Not on the way back. We find out this week for the first time since World War II. All the way back in 1945. No Wimbledon. I was in London last year. At this time. You remember. For uh, Gabby's charity. And Wimbledon was a week away. And the Yankees were playing the Red Sox that week. The first time Major League Baseball played a regular season game in the UK. This year. Uh, tremendous rivalry like the Yankees and Red Sox. The Cubs and the Cardinals were supposed to play a two-game series in London. That's been canceled, as well as the British Open. No claret jug given out to golfers this year. That's and, a shame.
2: Uh, and by the way, Bojo seems to be uh, stabilizing. He's doing okay. Boris now. Johnson, yeah, he's, U- the U.K. prime minister. He's not going to die? He's in stable condition All right, right that's now. better. He's yeah. not on a ventilator. He's not on a ventilator. You've got to say it that way. That's he's right. taking uh, <laughs> oxygen, just uh, you know, a mask, o- oxygen. And uh, he's in stable condition, and it looks like he's going to pull through. Good. Thank God. We like Boris Johnson. The queen is satisfied.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk to Dr. Patrick Borgen and Robert Wilkie from the VA coming up next hour. Still lots more to do. The fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid right around the corner.
0: The power of information. The freedom to talk about it. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: You know, um... When you've had enough of the news and the press conferences and Phil Murphy and Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio and Donald Trump, you start to look for other stuff, right? So somebody uh, made me aware that David Spade, who I happen to like very much, he's very funny. You like David Spade? Yes, I do. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Very good. That's and, right. And all those movies with uh, the great uh, Chris Farley, Black Sheep and all that. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. He's very funny. He's very good. So he does these Instagram things every day. Basically every day. Right. And he does interviews. From his house, right, he's got his own little setup, and then his guest has their own little setup, too. So, for example, he did a two-part interview with Adam Sandler, and I love Sandler. I know you love Sandler, too. So, David Spade and Adam Sandler, that's got to be great, right? You would think, yeah. So boring. God, so boring. And I watched both parts minutes and minutes and minutes and it never got anywhere. And you, uh, oh, you're never gonna get
2: that time back
1: again. Never gonna get it back. Now you see, interviewed the guy from Tiger King that was okay, the guy that actually made the movie. I mean, you can go on every day, David Spade on see, Instagram, you know, interview somebody else. That's
2: just like reading a book. What do you mean? You, you wanna get, uh, you wanna get a, ref, a referral first. You want to have somebody tell you, hey, check this out. It's good. Right. You right. don't want to waste your time trying to find out if it's good or well, not. Because then, then at the end, you, you, you wasted a half hour or whatever the hell it was. Although, or, or you wasted two weeks reading a book. But the, the difference is, is that at this time,
1: you could afford to waste time. Because <laughs> all you've got is time. Let's be honest. Uh, all you've yeah, got is yeah. time. I mean, you know, hours is, and hours you, every day, you're looking for something
2: to do. So I don't have time. I don't know. I, I, don't I have seem time. to have no time. How is that possible? Because I'm doing the same thing I always ever was doing. I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm prepping. No, I'm stop, working stop, out. Stop, I'm stop, sleeping. Stop. I'm sleep deprived. I'm
1: working out. I sleep. I have two kids that I keep busy every day that I do homework with and eat with. It doesn't matter. No one does more than me. There is time. You have, you have 30
2: minutes to watch a video. No, I don't. How is that possible? It's just not possible. I don't. I I, I my, my I don't have much free t- I do have some free time, and I, I use it to read. I'm reading, read. I'm reading. I'm reading. am reading a book right now called Into Africa. It's about the uh, Stanley who, who 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 went to find Dr. Livingstone, and he found him. It's called Into Africa. It was written by the guy who co-wrote Bill O'Reilly's book books, the uh, Killing series. Yeah, books, that guy's a great writer, Martin Dugard. Yes, it's fantastic. That's what I do. But if I told you that David Spade's
1: videos were great on Instagram... I would watch it. You would watch it. I would. I would I, 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 Maybe an hour's free time, well, hour and, and a half tops during yeah, the There's only a couple of maybe the 15, 20 minutes, but they're not good. So i save you the time just Thank you. Somebody, Thank you. Uh, I'm not going uh, in. Don't waste it. Now, if you want to go watch
2: Howard Stern interview Tracy Morgan, that's worth watching. That's really good. Really good.
1: Listen, Tracy, Tracy Morgan, was terrific.
2: Tracy Morgan, he could be interviewed by... I, I, I don't know. He could be interviewed by... Uh, Who's on this? John Bachelor at night and he would be hilarious. <laughs> you think so? Absolutely. He's well, just funny. He's funny but howards crazy. Yeah, he's funny. Give me
1: some more Tracy here. A is he give me your cut 14. That's crazy. Yeah.
5: Tracy My Morgan. I had lobster last night, baby. I'm telling you Walmart gave me a lifetime supply of toilet paper. I'm good.
1: <laughs> kind of lifetime supply. Of toilet. He's not worried about the coronavirus at all. He's not worried. And, no, I, I heard what he said. Yeah, he's worried about getting hit by a Walmart truck. Although he said it would be better this time. If it was Amazon. <laughs> 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 that's actually a very funny line. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on. One 848 WABC. One 9222 So today, that's what you got cooking. You'll do the gym. You'll read the book. No gym. No gym today. No no.
2: today. Uh, I mean, at home you workout. Excuse me. No gym. Yeah, but at I, have home that, no, I did that yesterday. I'm gonna today. I'm gonna run like uh, like a like Forrest Gump. That's what I'm doing today too. So you I, will, I switch up. You switch. Okay. One day uh, I got the weights at home. Got the bench, uh, some of the uh, barbells, dumbbells, whatever the hell. Right. And that's one day. And then the next day, like I said today, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to am trying to get up to uh, like six ten miles.
1: I'm not gonna do six too. I'm up to four. hertz. hurts. Yeah, I know. I want to do six. Uh, 10 is too much because you start to eat away the muscle that I build every single well, day. Well, that's, my, that's what I said
2: to you yesterday. It's a trade-off. No, well, you, you don't have to. I get, I get really skinny. You don't I, have to. The get, more I run, the skinnier I get. Right. So and you, I'm skinny to begin with. So you can do two or three miles like boxers do and still lift weights. Well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a on and off thing. That's right. What, that's, I'm trying
1: to okay, strike a balance. You. Right.
2: The other problem becomes what do you do for lunch? I know. So, uh, usually it was you go to these stores and all these all these people that we went to all these guys these immigrants the the the, the, the loveliest people the nicest people they're all unemployed. They're all done. So that's where we w- would get our lunch from. Most days. And all these stores are closed up, and these guys are home with their families not making any well, money. No,
1: no, I had mean, I to go for nice lunches every now and then, and that's over with, too. So there's just so much sandwich meat you can buy. I know. It's tuna right. fish and chicken salad. and That's it. You know, Danielle cooks something up different every once in a while, but now it's really becoming a matzo pie. I like matzo pie, but, I mean, lunch is becoming an issue. It, it, it's monotonous. Right. It really is. When is this going to end, Sydney? Well, we're going to find out next. Dr. Patrick Borgin, the great oncologist, Maimonides Hospital. He's got your answer for you. I'm being totally right. serious.
2: Yeah, no, he knows. No, Maimonides great job. Dr. Rachmani as well. He's another great guy from Maimonides. Yes. Love that guy.
1: Yes, he is. So keep it right here. Dr. Borgin's going to give you all those answers coming up
2: next. We are New York, Bernie and Sid in the
0: morning. Talk Radio 77. W- ABC.
3: So you
2: mean mean pride. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Our next guest, he's on the front lines, the chief of oncology from Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn, which is doing phenomenal work. Anyway, Doctor Patrick Borgan is with us. Good morning, Doctor.
7: Good morning, Sid. Good morning, Bernie.
2: Hey no. hey Doc. Listen, you were with us uh, 48 hours ago, which during this pandemic can seem like an eternity. Where are we today? Since we spoke with you,
7: I like to imagine this as we are on the tip of the spear in the United States. New York uh, is is clearly the epicenter, and Brooklyn is the epicenter of New York. Three of our seven zip codes are, are in the top, you know, ten uh, with number of cases. Uh, the numbers are staggering. Uh, we heard from the governor on the news: five thousand four hundred and eighty-nine deaths up 731 in a day none of us have ever seen anything like this and it's just staggering
1: you know my uh, wife was running yesterday she said uh, she said she was nervous that if she runs on a rainy day for example like today she's going to sprain her ankle or maybe break her ankle and her fear pat is that she will have to go to the hospital if she hurts herself running and she's so deathly afraid that ending up in a hospital will get her to COVID-19 quicker than any place else, that the last place she wants to be is at a hospital. And I have a feeling she's not the only civilian that feels that way. What about yeah, that neurosis?
7: I, I, well, I don't think that's a neurosis. I think everything that we as citizens can do to stay healthy, to stay safe, to avoid injury uh, is right. Hospitals, are our hospital is filled with with COVID-positive patients, and we take every precaution, and we are seeing patients with heart attacks and strokes and other things, but you really want to do everything you can do, if not for just the, the, the healthcare workers that are taking care of the COVID patients. So I would do a fast walk, not a jog.
2: <laughs> no, that's true. You don't want to injure yourself at this time. That's a great question, and I thought Thank of that you. myself. Exactly. Nobody wants to end up in a hospital. But Dr. Borgen, you being on the front lines, you and the healthcare care workers working a lot of hours, a lot of stress, and exposing yourselves to that. I mean, how do you see the healthcare care workers that Maimonides is holding up right now?
7: Yeah, it's a great question, Sid. Last night in Jersey, we had a very violent thunderstorm that rolled through. And, and it, it sort of was a metaphor for what's happening to us in the hospital. Uh, people are showing up. They're brave. They're fearless. But they're tired. And they're scared. Uh, to me, for our healthcare care workers, keeping a positive attitude doesn't mean being happy. It means during this hardest time, believing that tomorrow is better, believing that there's a better day coming. And that's had to be the mantra of our healthcare care workers.
1: Now, listen, you guys do a tremendous job. Uh, you're the chief of oncology, Pat. I always say you're the best oncologist in the country. Thanks. A borough of nearly 3 million people in Brooklyn. You're really the only hospital that deals with cancer patients. And I've been to those wards. I've seen the pediatric cancer ward. I've been there Christmas, by the way. I've seen all these things. But you also deliver more babies than anyplace else. I mean, I think uh, like half of my family has been delivered at Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn. So yeah. here's another question. With all these COVID patients around the hospital, all these folks less inclined to have their babies
7: delivered by you or anybody right no it's a great question we deliver one baby an hour 24 7 365 uh, babies a year and we are seeing moms coming in uh that are positive for covid uh and, and that that terrifies us we will probably wind up because of our population have one of the largest experiences in the world with what to do with moms in labor who have COVID. And, and it's not an experiment anybody ever wanted to do. We, we're having to learn on the fly. I, I, I'm staggered by the fact that this disease is 38 days old. Yeah. <laughs> this was Our first case, Sid, was 38 days ago in New York City. And imagine how our world has changed in 38 days.
2: Uh, really, it's been, uh, it's, uh, again, uh, to repeat myself, it seems like an eternity ago. It does. Uh, Dr. Borgen-Bernard here, listen, any update on the treatments, vaccines, anything like that?
7: Hi, Bernie. Um, the We are using, there are two phases of this disease. Very simply, in the first phase, you've got to treat the virus. You've got to try to eliminate or reduce the virus. But the second phase of the disease is our own immune system that is attacking our body Trying to get rid of the virus. And so the pneumonia we see is from our own immune response. So we have two strategies. The first one, antiviral. The second one is to slow down our immune system. There are dozens and dozens of trials out there. We have about eight or ten trials going on here at Maimonides. But it's just so new. We're so much on the, on the, on the front edge of this thing.
1: I tell you, Pat, we have a lot of doctors on this show. You really are the best. And uh, Bernie and thank I you. wish you the best and stay safe. And
7: Thank you, my friends. Thank
1: you. All thank the work you, you guys do sir. at Maimonides yes. in Brooklyn. Keep it up. We'll talk to you again in a thank couple you. of days stay, on Spotty.
7: Stay safe. Don't jog. Walk. Well, <laughs> no, that's good advice.
1: You got it, Pat. Thank yeah. you. The great you, oncologist, buddy. Dr. Patrick Borgen, Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn. Let's go to uh, Kathy in Connecticut. She's a big fan of the show. Good morning, Kathy. Line one.
3: Hi, hi, Bernie and Sid. How are you? Hey, how are, hey you? how are you? How
2: are you, Kathy?
3: We're good. We're Stephen and I are really we listen faithfully and we we love all the information and everything we get from your show. Lots of laughs too. Thank you. So, uh, so Stephen is still recovering from his prostate surgery from last year. He ended up um, having to have radiation in the fall, but he goes back for blood work next week. So, uh, oh,
1: good luck with that.
3: Keep your fingers crossed. Yes,
2: absolutely. Uh, no doubt.
3: Um, let's see. And the, the main reason I called is uh, to let you know that I am a huge fan of Jenna Lee on on Instagram. Oh, really?
2: She used to be uh, the Fox News anchor. Uh, I, I knew her, of course, her husband, the Navy SEAL, the ex-Navy SEAL, Leif Babbitt. Yeah.
3: Right. So Jenna Lee has an Instagram, and I think Facebook also. It's called Smart. Her news and she gives updates every day from home she uh loves dr deborah she calls her the daily doctor the daily deborah dose or something like that oh
2: cool cool well we'll look it up uh kathy
3: well, uh, uh, uh,
1: that goes back to my david spade point uh, bernard that and thank you for the phone call kathy be well and good luck with steve that you know there are people you may be a fan of somebody and you may not see them on a regular basis now because of the COVID, odds are they're on Instagram or one of these social media sites, and they are reaching out to their fans
2: on a daily basis doing other things like Instagram TV, podcasts, all that stuff. Listen, social media has been maligned uh, for years, and now we we see how valuable it could be. Yeah, It could be a positive, not a negative. And in this pandemic, it is a total positive. I mean, it really is helpful – helping people stay connected, etc., cetera, et cetera. Look, we talked to uh, Dr. Borgan about new treatments, vaccines, whatever, there were, and also the hydroxychloroquine. I told you about uh, the lady yesterday in Michigan. She is uh, uh, an African-American, a female Democratic state senator who ha- happened to hear the president talking about this hydroxychloroquine on TV, and that's the only way, and she had coronavirus. She was suffering. She was worried about her health. She, she, she didn't know if she was going to live or die And I played the clip for you yesterday about her thanking the president or being glad that she saw it and had access to it. The president yesterday mentioned it last night at the White House task force briefing. Take a listen.
9: You saw the woman, uh, state representative of Democrats from Michigan, Detroit, and she thought she was going to die. And she saw what we were talking about and she asked her husband to get it. And she would have never known about it. And he got it. And uh, she got better. She thought she had no chance and she got better. She she's been very nice about it, actually. She I think she maybe might be a Democrat, but she'll vote for me, maybe. Uh, But she was very
2: (laughs) nice about it. Actually, that was on Hannity last night. But, yes, he acknowledged her and she was actually on as well. Now, one more, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark Siegel, he may have seen him, he's seen all, him all, of, all, all over Fox News a million times. He actually News.
1: spells Siegel S I G E L, which is a weird way to spell it, but he's always uh, answering questions on Fox News.
2: Well, either way, his dad, uh, well, l- l- let him tell the story. I, I, in fact, I maybe gave it away, but listen to this.
4: I want to tell you about a 96 year old man in Florida who said one night, I don't think I'm going to make it. I feel very weak. The end is coming. I'm coughing. I'm short of breath. I can't get up from the couch. The next day, he was on hydroxychloroquine and antibiotics per his cardiologist. He got up. The next day, he was fine. This man is my father.
2: Wow. Is that not, not the right story? No, it is. And yet these it creeps on the fake news. Oh, come on, the idiots. I mean, it's unbelievable idiots. that this is a political, idiots. a life-saving drug is a political issue. Shouldn't be. By the way, he's one of four great doctors that they
1: use kind of... Uh, Recycle them on Fox News. Yes, yes. Dr. Raj, Nicole Sapphire, Jeanette Nishawat has been on with me the last two Sundays on Sid Sports Sunday. And him, Mark Siegel. All four are excellent doctors. No doubt
2: about it. Yeah, Dr. Sapphire and Siegel in particular. I happen to like those two.
1: Sapphire will join us tomorrow along with uh, Bill O'Reilly. I spoke to Nicole today. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We have a uh, big-time guy from the VA stopping by. Actually, the White House gave us that guest. And more news and more phone calls. Bernie and Sid on a Wednesday.
0: New York proud, New York loud. <laughs> Bernie and sit in the morning, 77 WABC.
3: Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body.
0: George
1: Michael, faith. Today's Passover. Tomorrow is Holy Thursday. Friday is Good Friday, and Sunday is Easter Sunday. It's Holy Week for the Jews and the Christians. So this song, "Faith," which is Chad Lopez's favorite song, I'm not going to tell you why, because there's sex involved, and Chad Lopez is a very sexy guy. Yeah,
2: and he's uh, he likes George Michael. He does like George he, Michael. He likes That's bathrooms and George Michael. Yes, and toe tapping.
1: Hey now, <laughs> <laughs> remember that politician from Utah? Yes, of course. <laughs>
2: The they toe tapper. Under, they caught him under the stool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just, uh, he was just, just humming along with the tune or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, right. Well, George Michael
1: and, is uh, dead, but uh, but, but and we're
2: he was not. A, he was a, a Republican guy who was yes. like
1: uh, anti gay rights or whatever. Anti
2: gay rights and a and, a, and a big Jesus
1: guy. Yes, <laughs> and maybe he was the looking was for Jesus name? there. I don't know, but but see that's the beauty about the Bernie and Sit show. People are very very sick, and we feel horrible about it. A lot of people died yesterday. We feel terrible about it. But we're still going to laugh because, believe it or not, but there are more people that are alive today, a lot more, than are sick and dying. Listen, and we want those people to, to be happy. And as, as I mean, Ted just said, keep the faith. Not,
2: not to sound trite, but humor is the best medicine. Well, I mean, I can't yes. even tell you when I laugh. You, you, you feel you great. Watch a, a good curb your enthusiasm. Oh, what's better than that? There's no better escapism well, than laughing. I don't, I
1: don't know about that.
2: I don't want to watch. Like, like I know you you tout uh, Ozark and all. Oh, that. I love Ozark. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be depressed. I no, don't want to be depressed. sad. I don't want to people fighting. It's a TV show. No, I know it's great. My my wife and my oh, daughter they love it. Yeah, they love it. But it's a great show. But there's nothing better than laughing. Well, sex like, is better than laughing. Well, listen, well, listen what? I Just take it easy. Mean, what? I'm talking about entertainment uh, that you watch on TV. Sex is entertaining. I'm not watching porn. You you don't have to watch. I'm talking about engaging in sex. Not watching it on TV. Well, yeah, and, and it, it, it's going to be sunny today as well. It's going to be light. I mean, we know certain things are left, better left unsaid. It, it, I mean, they're understood. What about when your senator laughs while you're having sex? By <laughs> the way, speaking of which. Then you got them both. It was, uh, <laughs> it was Senator uh, Larry Craig. Yes! From Larry? Idaho. Oh, you
1: looked. Okay. I Very looked at it up.
2: Very good. Larry Craig. Yes. And that was back, uh, that was like in the 80s That's or something. So a long right? time ago. Yeah. Did that guy die? Oh, actually, it was 2007. I'm sorry. Uh, And they they arrested him. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great story. I mean, what is it with, uh, I don't know. It's not true of all gay people, but bathrooms and anonymous sex like George Michael, that's where he liked to to go to bathrooms. He got arrested in in, in bathrooms in Britain uh, countless times. That's right. What is that? That's the most disgusting, unhygienic place to do anything like that. I know. That. Why, why do they do and, that? And then there's like, like they have these glory holes. They, uh, You know, let's get back to uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, look, uh, there's this one phenomenon out there that the uh, coronavirus affects, well, for A, males yes. more than females. Much more. And it turns out, it seems, that the stats are showing that it affects uh, people of color yeah. more than like the Caucasians, us, right? Yes. Because the rest of us, they are more, and Asians,
1: they have more issues with um, uh, diabetes, heart disease, those types of issues, well, which lend more to COVID.
2: Well, according to Doctor Fauci, that's the case i a brief comment to get back to the discussion about the health
0: disparities in the African-American community because it really is very important. And the reason they are suffering disproportionately, as Dr. Berg said correctly, it's not that they're getting infected more often. Is that when they do get infected, their underlying medical conditions, the diabetes, the hypertension, the obesity, the asthma, those are the kind of things that wind them up in the ICU and ultimately give them a higher death rate.
2: So there you go. So when you hear about people... When you hear about people actually, uh, you know, young people—a thirty-nine-year-old woman in Brooklyn, or something like that—and you're like, "Wow, I thought it didn't affect young people." Well, that's because they had an underlying condition, maybe a diabetic or something like that, or an asthmatic or something like that. That's the reason right. why you have some young people dying. Right. Some young people. See what you did there? Yeah, it's a, the it's Asian a, flu. The Asian flu. The Wu flu. Now, now the, listen. The
1: Kung flu. Sometimes they tell you that these young people die. They don't give you the pre-existing conditions. And people like Joe are like, see, that coach died. He's 30. Well, listen, just because they didn't tell you that right, he had exactly. a pre- they, doesn't mean he didn't have it. it. it, it a it hole makes, in his
2: heart is something. They don't want to embarrass. Let's say the person happens to be a 39-year-old woman in Brooklyn. They don't want to embarrass her and say, oh, she was obese and she had diabetes. I mean, right. the woman just died. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to pile on. Young, so, so healthy to speak. people
1: are not dying from this. That's the bottom line. If you're dying from this in your 30s or 40s, the overwhelming odds are, whether they
2: announce it or not, you've got
1: a pre existing condition. Exactly. Bottom
2: line. Exactly. Now, listen, uh, they want to open the economy back up. So, yesterday, you had uh, our friend and the former WABC radio host, Larry Kudlow.
1: He loves it. Don't you remember a couple years ago before Donald Trump hired him, when you and I took some time off during the summer?
2: He hosted our show. Yes, he used to sub for us. Yes, and he'd, right.
1: he'd be like, oh, man, this is so cool. I get, to, I get to sub for Bernie and Sid. Now he's, like, working with Trump every single he's day. He's the
2: big financial advisor to uh, President Trump. And uh, on re- reopening the economy, which everybody agrees we have to do. We have to figure out a way, even if it's in stages and steps. Anyway,
10: this is what Larry Kudlow said about that yesterday. President would like to uh, reopen the economy as soon as he can. And we are planning internally. We're looking at a number. as Most of this is health and virus-related metrics, but we also are looking at the economics of the story, how best to get us going. Now,
2: listen, if he got coronavirus, he has underlying conditions. You know, he, he was a former— he had he had a heart attack. Yeah. He was a former, uh, you know, he's an addict. Yes. And a recovering addict. He is a recovering addict. Alcoholic, he, I believe. He, but no, he used to do blow as well. Oh, he did coke. And oh, he's God. not afraid to talk to you about it. He did it. He's just not he's not proud of it obviously, but he's not afraid to say, "Yes, I was one. I was a coke addict and an alcoholic." Plus, he still smokes. So still? If he yes, so if he got coronavirus at least when he was here with with us, or when I used to see him in the hallways, he was still smoking at that no point. No kidding. Yeah, so wow. he would be. Uh, he doesn't even sound that great, to be quite honest. With no, he doesn't look that great or
1: sound no. that great. So
2: I hope uh, I hope uh, Larry Kudlow is taking care of himself, and he doesn't get. He stays away. He stays six feet away from everybody. But let me say this: uh, our, our Jill wants us to promote this page, and we should. The Bernie and Sid Twitter page. It's at Bernie and Sid. And she has a poll up this morning. She does. uh, A Passover poll. It's a hashtag happy Passover. And the question in the poll is, what will be the four questions asked tonight? And one, when will the shutdown end? 48% of people say that's the question. Uh, Who started this? 12%. Where's Hunter? 40%. Where's
1: the fourth question? There's no fourth question. Right. That doesn't make any sense. You so, got. It. If you're going to ask about the four questions on Passover, you have to
2: have four choices. Maybe she's assuming that the one question that will be asked is, "Why is tonight different from every other night?"
1: Well, that's the main question we ask on Passover tonight. Why is this? What I said earlier was, "Why is this virus different from all these other viruses?" Yes, yeah,
2: that would be a good question. That's a good but question. Jill, you know, Jill should call in and explain to us because we've talked about it earlier. Right. Why she hasn't added the fourth question uh, yet. I, I don't get it. I mean, what? Three questions. Four anyway, questions. Here's three. Brian is in East Islip, Strong Island. Good morning, Brian. Hey, fellas. How are you? Very Doing good. Thank you. What's up, B? Thank you.
5: I just wanted to point out that there's a, a, a column written by Van Jones. I, I think you know who he was. He was with uh, Bill Clinton. It's, if you type on CNN, it's a column that he wrote about the issue of why the African-Americans are getting the uh, coronavirus, and it's very realistic. I mean, you just, if you just go take a look at it.
2: Well, you tell us see. about it, Brian, real quick. Uh, what did you get from what? What does he say?
5: I, I got from it uh, certainly that because there, many of them are poor and, and are in close quarters and have pre preexisting uh, conditions, that's one of the reasons. The other reason he said is that at the beginning of this, that many in his community just felt that it was not a disease that would affect them. His words were that they said that it was something that would affect white people more than black
2: people. Interesting. He's very, very realistic about it. How about Ben? Very interesting. Coming up big. Uh, and, and listen, uh, the, uh, Brian, thank you very much from East Islip for the call. Uh, we talked uh, an, an earlier call. Uh, Danny was telling us about uh, the communities out in Long Island where a lot of uh, immigrants uh, habitate. And I mentioned the fact that they live in close quarters. They do, and of, of course, if you live in, say, the city, the boroughs, you live in apartment buildings, especially some of uh, the apartment buildings. Well, in Manhattan and the boroughs, you're still passing people in the stairways. If you don't have an elevator, you, you you can't you can't possibly social distance if you're walking down the stairs and somebody's walking up the stairs. You're going right. to cross paths, right? And so, in that case, they're they're Neither in I'm closer trouble. quarters. Sure. Poor people. Whereas uh, the rich people, you know, we have prop, You have a house, and uh, the other house isn't, what, 60 feet away?
1: Right. And even the, the nicer apartment buildings like the one I live in, for example, uh, people will not get in. The, if I walk in the elevator with Danielle or Gabriel or Ava, the other person won't get in. They'll wait. We have two elevators. So they'll wait for the next elevator rather than well, well that, you, bust
2: you, up you, social distancing. You've had that experience uh, prior to the coronavirus anyway, right? Which is what? People won't get in the elevator with you. <laughs> Has that always been the case?
1: (laughs) You're funny, Bernie. You're funny. We're going to talk to um, Robert Wilkie. He is the secretary, Department of Veterans Affairs. He was actually given to us by the White House, and they've opened up their facilities to COVID-19 patients. About 100 beds opened in the New York City area. Everybody chipping in. We'll talk to VA Secretary Robert Wilkie on the Bernie and Sid Show next.
0: Born and bred New York. If I can Bernie and Sid in the morning, 77 WABC. I've
3: been working so hard, I'm punching more car either hours for
1: work.
3: Oh, tell me what a guy I've got this feeling.
2: Back here on the Bernie but and Sid show, heard everywhere. On the 77 WABC app. You know, Sid, the VA, the VA is the largest healthcare system in the country. Yes. They have 170 medical centers around the country. Essentially, the VA's mission, well, it's threefold, maybe four, but the, uh, essentially one, veterans' health care, two, veterans' benefits, three, national cemeteries. But their fourth mission, and there is one, that's, that is as an emergency backup health system during a disaster or a pandemic. And they are now fulfilling that fourth mission. And to talk about it right now, we have the Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary, Robert Wilkie. Good morning to you, uh, Mr. Wilkie.
9: Well, thank you both for having me. And, Bernie, can I just ask you one thing? Yeah, you, and I, we, you and I share a common heritage. Uh, I, my, my baptism certificate was signed by the late Cardinal Cook but I know you were close to Cardinal O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, funny. I, I always wanted to, that blessing that you would give out, uh, that good morning blessing. <laughs> good morning to God bless you, Jesus. Thank you. That is, that is Listen, what I wanted to hear, because uh, none, my, my, none of my Catholic papers were signed uh, by Cardinal O'Connor, but—
8: <laughs> you
2: you substituted for it. And how do you so, feel now, you two legged pimple, uh, you be Jesus?
8: That's right. I thank you. <laughs> and I,
9: and, I, and I, thank you, I thank you both for having me. Oh, uh, not at all. God.
2: Thank you, right. sir, for uh, being here and what you do. And uh, as I just outlined the, the missions of the VA, uh, to that point, you opened up a bunch of facilities to uh, coronavirus patients, correct?
9: Yes. Yes, sir. So you, you had it right. Our fourth mission is actually two-pronged. In the event of a major war, a war on the size of World War II, Korea, or Vietnam up to 1968, we'll fall up under DOD. But for national emergencies, we fall up under FEMA. And once our veterans are taken care of, then we open up our resources to the rest of the country. So what are we doing in, in metropolitan New York City? Uh, We have opened up beds in Brooklyn. We've opened up beds in Manhattan. We have opened up beds in East Orange, and we're looking at Connecticut right now. Um, So we are taking COVID patients into our facilities. But just to give you an idea of what's going on in Brooklyn, uh, as of this morning at 6, we have 248 veterans who are tested positive for this. Ninety of them are in our hospital. But because we have space, we've got we've got space for 50 uh, New Yorkers who are not veterans to come in. The same applies uh, for Manhattan. So um, we're there when the president calls on us. Pretty cool. I think that's uh, down by
1: Diker Heights, right? Like by Bay Ridge, by uh, the Poly Prep, your uh, hospital in Brooklyn.
9: Yes, sir. Yeah, I know yes, sir. it well. It's the old, it's all, it's the old Navy Hospital. Yes, I know it well. Well, listen,
1: Robert, yeah. one of the things that uh, I did want to ask you was about the VA in general. Uh, yeah, it's sir. been a very difficult go for many, yeah. many years, and Obama yeah. tried a bunch of guys to fix it. And, right. and President Trump said from day one he's got to fix this. He, he, he yeah. does spend an awful lot of time talking about the veterans, caring yeah. about the yeah. veterans, and it's been a mess. So where are we right now with
9: the VA overall, Robert? Well, you just you just hit it. It's Donald J. Trump. He was the first candidate to ever make veterans the centerpiece of his campaign, and then he he took that to to the Oval Office. Uh, before I get into any detail, let me tell you, we do have under this president the highest trust and approval scores that VA has ever had. We're sitting at about eighty eight point wow. nine percent, and we have nine and a half million. We have 9.5 million veterans in our system. And the Veterans of Foreign Wars just did their annual survey, and they have 90% approval. Why is that? Because this president has made this department the centerpiece of everything he does. He's, he's allowed me to present the two largest budgets in the history of VA. Uh, the budget I presented this year was $240 billion. Um, the other thing he's allowed me to do is... Uh, basic reform. And, and Bernie, I know you've talked about this on, on, I know, on your old show, and then also on Fox, uh, this president holds people accountable. We've released 8,000 people who weren't doing their jobs. That's unheard of in the federal yeah. government. And, and unlike what the opposition will say about this president, we're not talking about custodial people. We're talking about people who run hospitals, run networks, senior leaders in in this building and and you know you've been in the military once it gets out that there're no different spanks for different ranks morale goes up and 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 I give all the credit to the president he's let me go just give you one other example I was the undersecretary of defense he asked me to come over here as the acting for 8 weeks now as a as an acting it's sort of like being in Jesuitical limbo you you are but you're not and This man spent almost nine hours with me during that eight weeks, either at dinner or calling me and talking about veterans and and our world, which is a, a unique world. The other thing he let me do real fast, the people who are around me, unlike in past administrations, almost all of them. Have significant military experience. Uh, the head of our VHA is a former Deputy Surgeon General, of Veterans Health Deputy Surgeon General uh, of the Army. Uh, our Public Affairs Assistant Secretary is an Army Colonel. I still, I'm, st- I still serve in the Air Force Reserve right now as a Colonel. The reason that's important is that we have a unique culture. And it's a unique language that has to be spoken. And I think because of the president's attention to us, he understands that in order for his administration and this department to have credibility, we have to have people who've been in that world, not people like in the last administrations who are looking to put an administration checkmark.
2: Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Uh Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie, by the way, we thank you for your service, sir. Uh, listen, uh, I will. Uh, Sid was talking about it, and you, how he has reformed the Veterans uh, Administration. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, veterans can go to private uh, practices yes. now, right? Is that right? Yes. They,
9: they, they, Absolutely. They get... That's Donald Trump.
2: Yes, exactly. That's right. Donald
9: Trump. He opened the aperture on getting veterans the right. To go into the private sector if we can 't meet their needs or they lose or they live too far, one of the things I did I I, I I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about supporting new york if new york doesn 't work, the rest of the country doesn 't work and and I mean that sincerely, but when i when I put together the president 's plan in the past it, it was based on how many miles you live from a VA facility whether or not you'll be able to use the private sector. Well, that doesn't do any good in New York. I mean, you can live 11 miles from a VA facility as the crow flies, but that's only good for a crow because it's going to take you an hour to get there. So we, we changed the regs to meet the needs of an area like New York where if you're 30 minutes away, from a VA hospital, you now have the option to go in the private sector. And and we, we kicked it off in June on June sixth. Uh, of last year, and we've sent over hmm. 3 million people into the private sector because of that. Interesting date to kick that off, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no, I <laughs> know, I'm only a politician <laughs> would like, <laughs> that day. Me and Bernie. Uh,
1: Robert Wilkie, of course, uh, from the VA. So I know you mentioned Brooklyn, I mentioned Dyker Heights in Manhattan, but right now, yep. Robert, the hot spot here in New York is quickly becoming Nassau and Suffolk County on yep. Long Island. We had a caller yep. call in, Lisa, and she makes a very good point. You guys got a big uh, VA hospital in Northport on Long right. Island. Are you right. guys working with them now? Because of the uptick with the COVID nineteen patients,
9: well, we we are working with them because we've gotten a lot of veterans to come in. Um, we have not uh, opened that one up to the civilians, um, but it it will it will be on the list if the veterans coming in that that number starts to subside. How long does it take,
1: Robert? If in fact you want to open it up to the veterans, is it right that day? I mean, right away?
9: Yeah, it's right away. Uh, we we now we prepare. Uh, we've been preparing for this fourth mission since the president declared a national emergency, um, but it doesn't take long at all because the beds are there. The other thing I, I said at the president's press conference on Sunday: uh, we've opened up 1,500 beds across the country wow. uh, for for civilians because we we've gotten to the point where um, we've taken care of veterans in many places in the country, and we just have to um, we have to provide for. Uh, our other mission. And you were asking, by the way, you were asking about Northport. So um, there's 69 veterans who are being taken care of there. Sadly, four have passed away. Brooklyn 21 have passed away. And Bronx and Manhattan, we've lost 14.
2: No kidding. Wow. Uh, I know the one in the Bronx, Kingsbridge Road. Uh, Department of Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie, well, uh, 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 Secretary, I guess I can address you as hurricanes, massacres, and now pandemics uh, you you guys are taking care of. And we we just want to thank you for what you do and appreciate you coming on uh, the Bernie and Sid show and your nice words at the beginning of the interview.
9: (laughs) Thank you. Well, look, you guys do a great service and you support this president. and uh, I know best. he listens to you, and, and I thank you for letting me on, and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to do it any time you all need me.
1: Thank, thank you very much.
2: What the hell are you looking at, Wilkie? Go on ahead. Move along. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You're thank you, you your eminence. Eminence, thank you. Uh, no, all the th- gratitude to you, uh, Mr. Wilkie. Thank you, sir. Veterans care, Affairs sir. Secretary. Yes, Robert Wilkie, you did a terrific job.
1: 1-800-848-WABC, one 800 848 The bad news is show's almost over. The good news is... We can talk to you one more time. Your chance to talk to Bernie and Sid. Coming up next.
0: Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. W.
3: ABC.
1: Sing it, Bernie. Can I bust a move? Yeah, it's wind and fire. You love these guys, don't you? I do. Philip Bailey's a great writer. Who doesn't? Actually, Phil Bailey from this group did a couple things with uh, Phil Collins. Up. Is it Phil Bailey? I think so, yeah. With uh, Phil Collins. He did a couple of albums. Uh, uh, one album, I should say, together. But they are great, Earth, Wind, and Fire. One of my favorite bands ever.
2: Ever. Yeah, no, they're good. They're uh, the They're classic, the Beacon Theater I mean. most summers. Yeah, they're all classic. Right, right. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, uh, speaking of good stuff, uh, a lot of good news. Yesterday, the deaths were up, but everything else was down. According, everything. According to Governor Cuomo, hospitalizations down, intubations down, and de Blasio... You know, he was, he, first he said, Sunday, we're going to run out of ventilators. Hmm. And then it was Wednesday, we're going to run out of ventilators. And he admitted yesterday, of course, that he was wrong about it. And that was, uh, that was pretty gracious of him. But uh, that's good news for us. It is. That we don't need the ventilators. Now, Governor Cuomo, on March 24th, he got pretty riled up about the ventilators. Listen to him. FEMA says
5: we're sending 400
2: ventilators.
5: Really? What am, I going to, what am I going to do with 400 ventilators when I need 30,000? You pick the 26,000 people who are going to die because oh. you only sent 400 ventilators. Oh.
2: Which, by the way, was what he said in 2015. You pick the people who are going to die because I'm not buying 16,000 ventilators. But yesterday, uh, that was March 24th. Now he's uh, toned down a lot. That was one day. I, I guess he was having a bad day. But uh, yesterday, Andrew Cuomo at his briefing, his press conference, take a listen.
5: Equipment—that's the protective equipment, uh, ventilators. Where there it is? Uh, we are we are stretching <laughs> and moving, but uh, every hospital has what they need to date. So there you go. You know, do,
1: no, de... it,
2: all that all the uh, no, you no, know, no, hysterics no, yeah. and the uh, histrionics.
1: Let me for tell God you, sakes. Bill De Blasio today is actually talking about this is another good sign. I mean this. You know, The Blasio has been another guy. Not enough ventilators, not enough beds. We're going to die. Everybody's going to die. It's all over. But Today he's talking about the economic impact of this. Yeah,
2: see, now they're coming around. It, Moving on. It, it looks on. like we've turned a corner. And i got to tell you, too, if you listen to the president, A, at the briefing yesterday, and B, in this interview with Sean Hannity, it was like 40 minutes. I know. He was so diplomatic. It was like a... I mean, he was and he was saying nice things. De Blasio's working hard. Yeah, he's gotten better. And he was calling uh, Governor Cuomo was calling him Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, you know, we had uh, differences, but Andrew's doing a great job. Yeah. I mean, he was really, really. Uh, I don't know. And and uh, he he pointed out. He said there are some governors who are not doing a good job now. Because of age and maturity, he says, I'm not going to name them. Yeah, but there was one guy in particular. But he wouldn't name him last I
1: don't know Where was he from? He's really angry with the guy. Washington. Uh-huh. Washington. Yeah, the
2: former right. uh, loser presidential candidate. Was, yeah, uh, that's right. Him and uh, Eric Stolwell, they were the first two to drop out. They were, they were complete and total losers. But... The president won't pick any fights because this is not the time to be political. No. And he wouldn't do it at the briefings. He wouldn't do it last night with Hannity. Hannity was baiting him, trying to get him to go after somebody. He would not do it. Let's go to our friend uh, Patsy from Spring Lake, New Jersey. Good morning, Patsy. Hey, good morning, B. Good morning, Sid. My boys, you guys are definitely doing a great job. My stuff. brother, Pat. Thank you for the, the,
1: for the wonderful happy birthday rendition you sang to Ava on Twitter yesterday. You've done it for all my family members, so thank you, Patsy.
9: Uh, you're very welcome, Sid. It was my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy that you guys had a good birthday party.
6: Thank you. Thank you. It was. It was
9: very nice. Anyway, the, the reason I called was, you know, Hatchethead
2: Murphy already closed all the parks and everything in New Jersey. Yes, he did. County yeah. and state it, parks.
9: Yeah, and then in my town now we got an edict this morning from our mayor that you can't park on any street in the whole town starting ten o'clock today. Wow, is that right?
1: I Who's mean, the yeah. mayor? And what's his know, name?
9: You can the, the whole
1: town. They don't want any. What's coming his name? The Call town. the bastard out. What's his name? The mayor.
11: No, the she,
2: it's a she. Her what's name what's is, her um, name? Jennifer. Jennifer Norton. Jennifer Norton. Hey Jennifer, we come need, on. We need a place to park. What is Jenny? this? Uh, look, how about the, abort- the vaunted boardwalk at Spring Lake, uh, Patsy? Is that uh, still open? It's all closed off, but let me tell you, the God, only enjoyment my wife and I get, I make a couple of egg sandwiches in the
9: morning. She makes coffee. We drive down to the beachfront. We sit in the car. That's lovely. And we look at the ocean for 15 minutes, and now we can't do that.
1: Uh, listen, uh, what but you should do that when it's over and said, I, I really believe this. Apache, we love you to death. You're a hey, you, thank you're you. Great. great Hang friend in there. Great You heart. are the best. You, some you of the really things are. that people are doing now because they don't have a choice. Now, look, if you hate yourself, you you know, I got friends who hate their other. Then this is a brutal, brutal time. But if you don't, some of the things that you're doing now, you should make a regular part of your life when this is over. If you can, if you can. Some yeah. of the things, some of the family things that you're doing now, that four months ago would have seemed like an impossibility, included when you get back to real life in a month or so. That's you know, all I'm saying.
2: If you ever quit radio, yeah. you could be a marriage therapist, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I'm is serious. A, you could apply this time to your general life. You're yes, right. Find they, a th- way. This is a time to put things into perspective. Yes, uh, with your family, make it all right and uh, enjoy. Your, I mean, you know, life is too short. You know what I mean? you got to make the
1: best of everything. That's
2: what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? That's what Socrates said. Did he say that? Yeah. But he was fat and
1: he died early. He was poisoned. Yes, he was poisoned. It was terrible. Hemlock. Uh, It was hemlock. It
2: was. I know it was. What happened to Plato? Did he die young too? No. No. He uh, died in bed. at He was like 80 years old.
1: Okay. No, we can't. We're out of time, Chad. Tim from California, call us back tomorrow.
2: Then he worked at Disney. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Uh,
1: We got to go. Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. I want to thank all of our guests today. Certainly, Chad Lopez, again. Great job. Thank you, boss. Izzy Richardson, becoming an all star on there, buddy. You're doing a great job. Don't forget, tomorrow's a big day on the Burning and Sid show. Dr. Nicole Sapphire will be here, as well as Bill O'Reilly. So, we got a big Thursday show coming up. Everybody in New York, comply wash your hands, don't invite 20 people over tonight for Passover, have the Seder by yourself, so we get out of this thing sooner than later. Until tomorrow at 6, everybody, from all of us to all of you, happy Passover. Peace! Peace!